What's up, everybody? This is Elliot Terrell, and you're listening to Magical Thinking. Our guest for this episode is Michael Myturn Stern. Michael hosted CardistryCon in Berlin last year, and he is also the host of CardistryCon this year in Los Angeles, California, happening this weekend. Michael's releasing his first deck of cards. I guess my turn is releasing his first deck of cards. You can go to hypeplayingcards.com, H-Y-P-E playingcards.com, to find out when they're going to be available, which I believe is tomorrow at 1 o'clock Pacific, maybe noon Pacific. Sign up for his newsletter list to make sure that you're there for when these playing cards drop, because they are the hypest playing cards I've ever seen. Michael and I have been friends for about four or five years, and he's been friends with the Twins for over a decade now. He was a junior member at the Castle, and he's sort of transformed into a meta artist within the cardistry community. He's ironically portraying a professional level card flourisher in a really fun, interesting, zany way, in a way that no one else is doing it. He takes the art form seriously, but he also knows that he's not a cardist like the more professional, successful cardistry folks. And I don't know, he's he's just a great time. He's super fun, he's very funny. And I think you're going to enjoy listening to this episode where we talk about his playing cards, how he created the My Turn character, and the similarities that he sees between skateboarding and cardistry both of which sort of developed and came into their own here in Southern California. So that's pretty cool. It's a fun episode. You're going to love it. Cardistry Con is this weekend, so maybe it's time to bone up on your card flourishing chops. And what better way to do it than with my turn's new deck? There's also going to be a bunch of other decks releasing this weekend, so make sure to check out what's going on online. You can find all the Cardistry stuff probably on Instagram is the best place to do it by searching hashtag Cardistry and by following the most famous Cardists. If you haven't already, sign up for the newsletter and find us on social media by searching Magical Thinking Podcast and artofmagic.com. You can keep up with what we're doing. And next Friday, so a week from tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, we will be relaunching artofmagic.com. It's been coming for a long time. We're finishing up everything this week. The site will be down a week from today, Thursday, because we're going to be implementing all the changes that we've made, and I know you guys are going to love it. We've implemented one new subscription service that I think you'll really enjoy. It was created to tailor the magic experience to you guys. It's a bespoke encouragement device that I hope you all take advantage of. I'm very excited about it, and we've also added a bunch of exclusive content to the website for Ambassadors for Magic. You'll see what I'm talking about when we relaunch. Also, please go to patreon.com slash magicalthinking if you love the show. It supports me. It's going to help me get better equipment, better software. It'll help me travel to make the show even better, more exciting, get bigger guests, bigger names. All the money goes back into the podcast. I really appreciate your support so far. And again, like I said, go to patreon.com slash magicalthinking. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com to show your support for the show. I really appreciate it. I love all you guys that listen. And I know you're going to enjoy Michael's episode. So get into it. This is Michael My Turn Stern. Enjoy. I'm staying here. I didn't know. I forgot to tell you. Oh, great. So yeah, when we talk, I like, I'm down to talk about them, but don't, I don't want to explain exactly what it is. I know it's audio, which of feels not. like they can't see it, yeah. but like, I'm only going to allude to the fact that it just has elements from my buddies. Yeah. That's it, basically. Sure. I think they came out crazy. 
crazy well. <laughs> like, they feel like a normal deck with four <laughs> extra cards. Okay. Is what I'm saying, thickness-wise. Yeah. And they... Yeah. That's so funny. It's cool to see... You've seen the phases of the development of it, sort of just from the box, and then when it's now a full final product with the, the seal and the cello, it definitely feels good. I'm glad it's over. Yeah. It was the most... I will say... All right, this, is the, this is my first time seeing the back design in person. So. Really? Yeah. <laughs> You've really never seen it? I've seen it. I've you never, never actually I've never held it. the deck. Oh my god, it's so funny. I think people will dig it. I hope they will. The metallic came out really well. Oh, not the metallic, the metallic ink. See, just the... Yeah. Um, it's so goofy. I think it. I think it works the character so well conceptually. That was the whole key when it came to when just the concept of it made sense. I'm like, oh, I have to do it. Yeah. Like, have, how, how could I make a hype hyper deck than what is already established to be the most hype decks? Yeah. So. But I think they fucking turned out great. I think they they somehow did. Yeah. <laughs> Tobias Oliver. Everybody. Benji is stoked. Zach is so stoked. Uh, here, so let me show you this. So I don't know if I told you the concept. So, um, ooh, these are, ooh, they have a little bit of play. Yeah, there's a little little movement in them. Wow. Yeah. This is good podcast material. I'll save this for the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've been recording for four minutes. Oh, no. Um, so, well, here, let me show you this. Okay. Um, I'm going to come out with, because I just don't want to discuss this, obviously, before it happens, because this will, oh, is this coming out tomorrow? Yeah. Shit. That's what you wanted, right? Yeah, it'd be fucking awesome. It's like I'm doing radio and I'm a, I'm a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the do, towns. I'm going to do my best uh, DJ voice. So, Michael Stern's in the studio today. <laughs> Hello, today, calling in, caller 105. Put him through. Uh, yes, this is uh, Principal Vagina. No relation. <laughs> <laughs> no relation. <laughs> it's a, it's a, <laughs> it raises so many questions. <laughs> more than it does. <laughs> Yes, no relation to what? Yes, the name's real, possibly Scandinavian. <laughs> <laughs> that show is... You saw the Meaning of Life um, video, right? Yeah. Oh my god, it's incredible. So I mean, obviously... It's, Not only is that show amazing, the content that it then inspires is all phenomenal. That's like any great art. It's in, yeah. um, And they, I love how they put it all behind poop jokes. Yes, it's so good. So anyway, so I'm going <laughs> to... I'll do this real quick and we can get into it. Okay. Um... We're so, into it. I'll just take out the parts that. Oh, you added it. Sick. Yeah, I'll take out the the bad stuff. Um. So. Like, Not any of the stuff you're about to talk about. Just. Uh... So I'm gonna come in. <laughs> so I'm gonna come in with that gold briefcase and a handcuff to me. Mm -hmm. That's like when are I the handcuffs the gold. No, the handcuffs are normal. I was gonna make them gold. I wanted to look real the handcuffs. Okay. It looks like a toy, even though it is all a toy. Yeah. The all. Do you want like real like? Real handcuffs? I was gonna buy real, real handcuffs. I have real, real handcuffs you can borrow. Yeah, maybe. I'm just really. Can you keep a key? Yeah. That's the biggest fear. I honestly, the pricing, I, w I was gonna buy real handcuffs and then I'm like, yeah. I don't want the chance of losing a key. Yeah. So I bought the kid ones with the safety yeah. release. No, I'll, I would no, love a real pair. I have, I have I would a, love real a real pair. pair. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, so I'm coming in with the, the gold briefcase for the first three hours mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna open it or talk about it or anything. It's just gonna be on me at all times. Yeah. Um, which is going to be shitty for three hours, sure. Um, yeah, at the end of the first segment, before the first break, yeah, like right before we wrap up, I'm going to make like a small announcement. Mm -hmm. And the small announcement is the entire card release, everything. But yeah. I'm going to 
put open the briefcase, open it up, okay. and I'm gonna pull out. Everyone's expecting probably a like the cards and the gold. Mm-hmm. It, I pull out a VHS player, okay, <laughs> um, and I like fiddle with it with the cables and stuff, and I plug it into this. I plug it into this four by four grid of. I don't know if he told you. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're monitors and yeah. stuff. It's like there's no way I'm hooking it up to this clearly. Yeah, and I'm like. Like, you know, <laughs> like something really not subtle, and then um, <laughs> that's very funny. And then this will play. Okay. And there are three trailers. When I say trailers, they're forty-five seconds. Yeah. So I had to keep them all for the millennials. Yeah, you know, I'm super quick. Super, super, super quick. Here, now I now I actually am setting shit up. Um, just because I need to the files on here. Feel free to unplug uh, the top one there. <clears throat> That's this my vacuum cleaner charger. Sick place, dude. Thanks, man. Honestly. Thank you. It's really close to that fucking like food court and stuff, which is right there. Yep. And there's a bunch of shit nearby. Yeah, man. So much good food, so much Korean barbecue. Dude, have you ever been to the men's ball? No. Why not? Shit. I don't even know what it is. That's probably why. <laughs> I mean, it's not like there's a mystery behind the name. It's a spa that you go. It's yeah. open 24 hours. It's kind of interesting. That's the part that raises some questions. <laughs> where it's like, why is it open 24-7? But it, no, literally, it's it's just a Korean... You've never heard of like Korean men's spas? No. That's like a thing. No. Yeah, you gotta... I forget. Is that where all get naked and touchy? No, 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 not at all. No, no. You should watch... Um, I forget. There's like an episode, I think, of Anthony Bourdain where he goes over that. Um, and he gets naked and touches. No, he doesn't. You literally they have like a room where you can just sleep. People do that. They'll come in. Like I swear. Okay, this sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. They got some interesting stuff there. All right. So the first. Uh, so that happens. Blah blah blah. Insert it. And yep. then boom. Okay. Um, first trailer. Because <laughs> I haven't actually shown or made any like official. Bit, anything actually acknowledging so that's, that's yeah. those are the three I think Very it's fun, fun. I, it is fun it's better than doing one trailer I feel like you get way more experience out of it yeah you get way more yeah there's so many fun and then the whole idea of there being like intros to the videos like the first video the VHS in person is yeah. the intro to like the vibe of the first video which is yeah. like 80s 90s vibe and then the the intro in the video of me opening the file and that I might chop down. I think it's quite long, that beginning part of that that intro. Don't you I think? don't no, I don't think so. Okay. Do they cut co- I think it only feels long to you because you made it and you've been seeing it so much. I know a lot of that. So that's why I need to show it to people that I'm gonna show it to Alejandro and Dave later. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's too long. Okay. I'm trying I think I hope if all my hopefully I'm I'm applying all my skills as a research analyst to this and that I can I'm accurately, hopefully, predicting how long they'll sell out, which would be less than an hour. Yeah. Considering this simple deduction, Tobias and Oliver have way bigger following than me. Yeah. No doubt about that. However, they still sold out 2,500 decks uh-huh. in two hours online <laughs> with a with 250 unique purchasers. Mm-hmm. That means they bought on average 10 decks piece. Yeah. Good amount. Yeah. That means a lot of people bought two, three bricks. A lot of some people bought two, three decks. Mm-hmm. It averaged out to 10. A, per a customer doesn't matter how many thousands of people they that demanded it clearly there were because otherwise it wouldn't have been that quick that's how you rate the like rate is time yeah but there was obviously more than 250 it's a <laughs> good there aren't less people that wanted it than the amount of people that actually purchased yeah. right 250 minimum so I'm only gonna release a thousand online mm-hmm. 
which I and then I have an email list that has over 650 email signups. Mm-hmm. Which getting someone to actually sign up with their email out is like really fucking hard, in my yeah. opinion. And I haven't even emailed them once. I should probably do that. Um, like once I haven't even. I should be like, hey, everyone, sorry. This is the one and only email. Get to my website. Should I do a one p.m.? You should send. You should send an email tomorrow that says. Your second and final email is tomorrow at 1 p.m. <laughs> don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I want to do that. I honestly want to just be like, go to my website tomorrow. At 12 p- That's what the email will say. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I'm using that <laughs> if as you, a... If you don't go, I'll sell your email too. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, the funny thing is you say that. If you So I don't know if you've seen this website. This is the... Just give, me your, email. Just give me your email. Okay, okay. You want a chance to know when these cards are available or not? Yeah. And then rather than an actual, it's we respect your privacy question mark. <laughs> so that ties in quite nicely. No, yeah. It's not an actual statement saying that. We respect your privacy? I don't. We respect your privacy? <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, let me close this up. So I think that'll be fun. All right. We should get started. We're already started. Okay. We started. 20 minutes ago. <laughs> we're not going to do like an intro or like a... No. You don't do that? No. Really? Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. We're in it. We're already... Wow. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. So I think probably... Well, should we do... We I don't think... introduce ourselves? You don't... They, they're just like, hi? There's a, there's an intro that I record At the separately. End? Okay. Separately. Cool. Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah. Sick. Yeah. All right. Let me um, turn off. So right. I think what I'll do is I'll put this up tomorrow without this first 15 minutes or at least right. edit out this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like Saturday just re-upload the whole thing and it'd be available to everyone so they can hear sort of the process that we just talked about gotcha trailers and stuff that'd be great yeah um is that ejected so i don't want to think about that i'm a very frenetic individual (laughs) all right (laughs) so um is there anything specifically we should talk about? Well, we're, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Fair enough. So, um, yeah, the con is going to be interesting. So, we should talk about that if you like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Carstreet Con will be cool. Um, when was the last time you went to the horse races? The That's horse, it. I've never been to the horse. I don't what? want to talk about that. I feel that. like you look like a horse race. Look, I know, right? I'm from the south. I should go to horse races. No, like, actually, though, like I, seat, so. I go to horse races up in Berkeley. There's a there's one in Berkeley. I go to Dollar Days. Yeah. And everything, the most interesting people come out on Dollar Days. I believe it. Anyway, what do you want to talk about? Uh, we Let's... I, I feel like usually uh, we kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll let it get unstructured maybe towards the middle. <laughs> it's fair. Well, it's all uh, fair. Give me some structure because I well, can talk about right. anything. How, okay. Well, how long have you been doing magic? Oh, gosh. I have a photo. Not that it matters. No, no, no. <laughs> You're making me feel old. No. <laughs> um, there's a photo that my dad just sent me here. I'll show you. I'll pull it up. But anyway, I've done it for, I would imagine, since... Like, there's that's a relative question because realistically, I've been interested in magic for such a long time yeah and it's hard to say when you actually took it seriously yeah because for a large period until like even a few years ago i would actually take a step back and say only then did i even take it seriously but truthfully though i've been doing magic i have photos from when i was like five six years old with a magic set that i swear i still have in my closet but 
You didn't bring it? Did you bring your linking rings? Yeah. I, that would have been, you, I was just going to put them in front of the, the mic the whole, the whole time. I'd just be like, oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. That was amazing. Then on sorry. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Except I don't have that. <laughs> or is it this is amazing? Um, I think it's that's Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway. I don't have the photo. Um, I have, it's a photo of me when I was like probably six or seven i have a deck of cards with me in the photo mm-hmm. at like a football game or something but yeah I, I would say the real the real answer that was since i was like seven eight years old was mm-hmm. when i actually started keeping a deck of cards on me yeah and that's probably in my opinion the definition yeah of like when you're from like five to seven you aren't taking i mean you're not you taking it seriously you're not taking it seriously no you're a five-year-old so you don't yes take anything you don't seriously. take anything on your person i wrote, those were the greatest eight years of your life you literally had nothing responsible you had no, no property responsibilities, responsibilities. <laughs> literally you just didn't have to lose your clothes yeah. that was like the only thing yeah which that's still an issue nowadays yeah, so true. for me at least. <laughs> so it was yeah until i was i mean from about seven eight and then Let's see. There's some funny progression if we go along the timeline. So, like, 12 years old, 13 years old, so middle school, 7th, 8th grade, or, it's like, 6th or 7th grade, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I got in trouble in science class for playing with a deck of cards, and the teacher thought I was, like, playing card games or, like, the equivalent of... Because this was, like, right when, what, 6th, 7th grade. iPhones had to adjust been coming out, I yeah. imagine. She thought that you were putting the children around you in debt and you were going to make them solve. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to render all of their assets insolvent, and <laughs> which I don't think that actually matters. Fucking ruin them forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I got in trouble and I got what they call a white slip um, oh, where wow. it's like they fill out a report. Oh, this is serious. Oh, it's got three. The, the report was carbonized, or is it carbonized? Carbon they copy? They had or, yeah. two. No, oh, they had okay. two. Yeah. They, they had a yellow and a pink and a as pink, well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. One goes to the school, one goes to the teacher, one goes to the parent. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and I, didn't, I was a good kid. I didn't get that. Yeah, it's a different. <laughs> you didn't get the full school experience. <laughs> I, was a, I was a huge nerd. No, I was a huge But that's the no, thing. No, I was no, a, I know, I know. It's unfortunate. I was a huge nerd, but I unfortunately got in trouble a bunch yeah so, i see i guess i guess what i'm saying is i didn't have props until i was older i didn't start carrying a deck until i was like in high school so yeah and i'm the kid who'd have like legit there was a period where butterfly pre- knives and- no 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 <laughs> i never I, I did have a it was a uh they still make it it was great it's a bali song pen mm-hmm. i don't know if you've seen oh yeah it. i have it's seen great. it yes. they're yeah, awesome yeah, yeah. and it has like little weight tips it's not the same weight. is that but- what you were gonna say really because i i just pulled Butterfly knife. No, I swear. I used to... No, is that what you were going to say, though, when I said butterfly knife? No. Oh, okay. I, that's just... Not, what I was going to say was uh, Shugawa and Apollo Robbins when they came... What was that? Uh, super visual DVD. Yeah. So, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. So visual. And they had all those... I actually need to go back because there's some amazing screen caps of Shirogawa and Apollo Robbins because they do some great facial gesticulation, which I don't think that's a correct way to pair those words. Gesticulation <laughs> means of the hands. Yeah. So I don't know how you can then just say of the hands, of the face. <laughs> but like their face, it's all like visual magic. So you can't, it's, there's almost no pattern. Like, mm-hmm. present, like there is presentation, sure. almost, yeah, yeah. but it's all like visual and mm-hmm. they, it's like stage magic facials yeah with really hardcore slights or it's a very interesting pairing so they do like 
Like really, <laughs> I need to use some of that material for some. There's definitely some Insta videos, so coming soon. We'll see. <laughs> um, and I, what I'm going off on with that, I used, I had the, I would carry around it like a eight ball. <laughs> I'm gonna kid you. I was straight up. I remember my buddy Jeffrey can can verify this. Yeah, you can corroborate this. I was at his house and I did it. And he was so amazed. He's like, he was amazed. And then it took him like not even ten seconds to render. Like. Wait, holy shit! You had a, an eight ball on you this entire time. What are you doing here? Like, like you're like reassessing our friendship. <laughs> um, it was hysterical, but yeah, no, it was real. Um, but again, I tangent well, but I'm here. I'm coming back down the tree. <laughs> so I got in trouble in uh, sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. For having, and we went off because of about props, you know, carrying yeah. props. The kids had those. I, I'm anyway, following. Good. It's fine. I'm saying this for myself okay. to make sure I am. <laughs> Um, I think you might be going crazy. You're narrating your own behavior. Yeah. <laughs> so, the um, <laughs> that's a, that's a real thing. That's, that's fair. Might have um, a brain hemorrhage. I'll get it checked. You should. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, we're, we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Like, so we got back. The results are in. Inconclusive. Inconclusive. We're rolling. Yeah. You might be the father. <laughs> Do some water, actually. Yeah. Quite parched. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just get it yourself. That's fine. Okay. Where is it? Uh, the cabinet above the water thing behind oh, you. It's an Osmo. Hell yeah. Yeah. This one or that one? Nope. Neither. There you go. Bingo. That's the one. Should grab a mug? Uh, is there not a glass? There's a glass right here on the counter. Glass? Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I kind of like the plastic cup from Mission. Okay. It was calling me. And then there's water right there. Nope. No. Mm-mm. No. That's Liar. Gross. That's, that is water. That's true. That's He's gross, lying, though. People. Turn around. Jesus. <laughs> you have no <laughs> situational awareness. <laughs> Can you parlay that into a discussion of my ability to go down hills rather? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a that, miracle you're I, I don't believe... I went yesterday <laughs> if to... It, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. <laughs> It was so close. Um, okay, let's move this. <laughs> Jesus. No, here. Great. Now I can see your face. Oh, <laughs> For those that aren't aware, I moved an object that was less than six inches, yeah. far less than the height of the mic, in case you're unaware of the size of the mic, to give you both reference points. Yeah. All right, so um, <clears throat> I was getting at, um, it's going to be terrible for editing, I'm sorry. Oh, no, this is not going to be edited at all. I'm just taking out portions from earlier. Fair enough. Yeah, this is what people will hear. And Great. I think we should apologize now for sorry, this audience. and going forward. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a bad, bad podcast. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't we'll, think I'll be having you back. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So um, we were saying seventh grade, I got in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I got in trouble for playing with cards. And the funny thing was my parents, they thought the way to go about like reprimanding me yeah was let's get rid of his magic so think first and foremost that's a very logistical difficulty get rid of his magic it's very abstract punishment first and foremost so props to you Cut mom and dad <laughs> <laughs> well so it's a very difficult thing like physically because there's quite a lot of like 
props and props books and, junk and, and yeah. yeah it's junk and then also like, it's like how do you really get rid of how do you get rid of paper clips how do you get rid of all the coins well, so in the house well that's <laughs> what i'm getting rid of that's what i'm getting to is like it's also a very metaphor like what an evil thing to kind of i'm getting rid of my child's magic like in regard- <laughs> yeah it's very sad yeah let's take away his innocence exactly <laughs> let's take away his magic yeah so uh, let's go ahead and cut this passion off yeah so i became a banker no <laughs> no um so they did that and then they they figured out really quickly that that's impossible yeah because yeah i could do paperclip magic i could do coin magic i could do billet magic i mm-hmm. could do think of a number add five plus three subtract the number you started with yeah i don't know what the number was but <laughs> sure there was a number there someone can go back and calculate that yeah and it would have always been the same number that's correct that's on another episode so <laughs> the um, behind the scenes yeah. patreon.com <laughs> <laughs> how's that going by the way it's going yeah 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 awesome yeah no, i saw that you've been doing some com- campaigns rather on that yeah. is that what they call them campaigns or are they they're, i i don't i don't know just posts just okay. behind the scenes posts and, and extra extra stuff. What are, we, we're going to talk about that later. Fine. <laughs> Finish your story. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they tried to get rid of my magic, and then they figured out they couldn't. And then they also figured out that, like, I'm going to find where they put that magic. Yeah. <laughs> and this is those, more important than Hanukkah presents. For, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for those that don't know, yeah, my entire magic collection at that age, I say that it, it's a lot. It was reduced to about the size of one or two uh, brown bags. Like, sure grocery bags and I yeah. found it and it was basically like I remember it was that uh, what's, who wrote that it's uh, it just says magic with the floating letters no never seen that no Darn. it's a really big book really big it's not um, it was that family they, do stage, they did stage magic they did like stuff a lot in Asia and stuff and they were in like trains a lot of their props like trains no I have no idea what you're talking about. Magic's such an interesting field that I can just say that, and I know I'm right, but it, from anyone else, it sounds absolutely... Yeah. <laughs> and there's I, trains. There were trains. No, um, Locomotive magic. Oh, forgive me for... Oh, he's, he's quite good. You sure? I need to figure out the name, because I'm doing, I'm doing him a disservice. Oh, are you talking about the Mark Wilson? Correct. Okay. Correct. All Excuse right. me. The Wilson family. Yes. Yes. That's... You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what you're talking okay. about now. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that was So that was my book. And then I had, like, so many Costco decks. So many Costco decks. And, like, mm-hmm. making gaffes. And I remember I had, like, the Penguin Magic, how to split cards. And I still love that. Yeah. But anyway, so that was 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I went to, like, Magic Camp every summer in New York. Mm-hmm. Tannins, Tannins Magic Camp. Shout out Tannins, Terry, everyone holding it down there. Boom. And seriously, there's great people there. Um, when when I was t- same age, 12, 13, I got my first cell phone because of going to Tannen's Magic Camp. My mm-hmm. parents wanted me to have a cell phone when I was... What'd you get? Was it a razor? No, no, it was like a normal... It was such a normal phone. It was the most normal phone ever. Okay. There's nothing... Spa- right. It was like one of those like Samsung GX856. <laughs> like, yeah, it had, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how normal yeah. it was. Yeah. So, and this is a true story. I went to Tannins mm-hmm. and when I fly into the airport my driver's there with a uh, a name a car a post a little thing car, says my car. turn <laughs> no no, no uh, it said Michael and I go and we go back and I kid you not this is still it's so there's so much comedy in this he looks at the curb like you know where people pull up yeah 
And he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, my car's gone. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> he parked his car on the curb. Like, not on, the, but like at the curb. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for those that are unaware, you which I hope you should know, you can't let alone stop your car even with you in it for more than, what, five, ten minutes if you're lucky? Yeah. Before someone yells at you and says, you, you gotta, gotta move. Go. You gotta and move. most airports have, like, a roundabout. Yeah. So, he he left his car there to park and pick me up. Yeah. So now we're without a car. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking out. I'm about 12 years old. Yeah. The first time I've been, like far across the country <laughs> alone yeah alone across the strange co- man that lost this guy his was car. yeah and he he was from new york for sure yeah like he was born and through for sure yeah he had some flavor um <laughs> <laughs> anyway yes <laughs> so what ended up happening was we had to straight up take a um what's it called the i don't know i don't remember actually the name of the train but we took a train okay to the impound lot huh. and he did I'm sure it's the equivalent of what would be considered extortion like for my, my mother she's like hey I'm here with your son we gotta get this car out you know like yeah. I mean it's not like it's not a threat it's not a th- well that and I mean to say it's not like a threatening like hey I'm gonna she wasn't insinuating anything but looking back on it I was a 12 year old and he was completely like calling my mom I like, saw his hands off <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to that part no so it really wasn't anything um did more, you make it to camp <laughs> we made it to camp it was rather late I mean I was still arriving a day early mm-hmm. because the way the flight worked out but it was still super scary. <laughs> yeah. Right when I got there, though, I remember. I, have you ever been to Checkers? No. No? No. Or is it called? It's Raleigh's? Have nope. No? Mm-hmm. Ooh, delicious. Great. Or some of these. Where are the viewers dispersed throughout? All over All the place. Over the, great. All over the globe. No, it's awesome. Cause, or any more in the U.S. or no? Because they yeah, don't think they have them abroad. More in the U.S. Yeah. I think it's a Midwest chain. Or okay. like a mid, Midwest or East chain. Um, no, it's a big, big yeah. chunk of the country. No, it is. It's a large chain. Yeah, all right, it's ahead. like the equivalent of like a Carl's Jr. Hardee's. It's that they cover. I would argue a yeah, massive most, portion. Yeah. So same thing. They're the same exact thing. They just have different names and different. Okay. Uh, aren't isn't it the same? Isn't that how sure. Hardee's works? Is it? <laughs> I guess I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that's how Carl's. There's Jr. a Hardee's and Hardee's Jr. Uh oh. Then I might be. I'm on. I'm gonna roll back on that one. All right. All I know is I've been to Checkers. Checkers okay. is delicious. Yeah. I got to camp. They took me to Checkers. Spectacular. But yeah. So that was when. Yeah, that was 12 years old, 13 years old, and then I was just that annoying teenager magician that. Uh huh. Way too much magic. That was the period of learning that less is more. Yeah. I mean, it, I didn't learn until like I said like two, three years ago. <laughs> but like that's really reflecting on it. Like it was. Oh, wait, it was like legitimately, and I'm sure there are viewers that can unfortunately sympathize with this. Yeah. Which is that like literally I was treating school like, oh, I'm going to bring these three to to school today and yeah. <laughs> I'm going to work these ones out. And it was, it was literally like, I mean, I'm, I'm not condemning it. It was just, it was funny. It was, it was, I mean, it's what makes people. It's a lie. You were fully consumed by magic. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, because really, how did your peers feel about it? Oh, I mean, some of them liked it, but like, it, it was way too much magic. <laughs> yeah, you were just 
Uh, I was that kid. Who you were like annoying people with oh, magic. Oh, yeah. yeah. I still annoy people just with my presence, let alone my magic. But I've toned <laughs> down the <laughs> what I give them yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> off from. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I did way too much magic. I was the kid who'd, like, do card on ceiling in the most absurd, abrupt places. <laughs> like, I would do, like, the highest ceilings I could find and, like, really annoying places. Like, you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> As a kid. And then... Thankfully, I, with the exception of like two tricks, I never got into fire magic. Which don't get into. I can't imagine you doing fire magic. That would be. It's just dangerous. It's just, it's just, it's just, I think people would actually watch it out of like the sheer suspense of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, that's the same reason people go to the David Blaine show. It's like, something which, can happen. Which we got to talk about that. I saw that. That was great if you want to talk about that. Okay. I, did you see you saw it? I haven't seen it. You're, are you going to see it? Because otherwise. I mean, I've heard all about it. I'm like, you won't be spoiling anything. Well, let's sure. not talk about it just yeah. to not spoil it for listeners. Because he's gone all over the Oh, you're country. right. That's yeah. fair. Excuse me. It's not done yet. Yeah. Um, it was good, but that's all I'll say. Sure. Go see it. He's very humble. and a, He's very charismatic on stage. That's what it Yeah. It's great. And he does a... He, I just talked with Derek Hughes, and, and he was talking about when Blaine toured the show in uh, uh, Asia last year, mm-hmm. just trying it out. Derek arrives at the hotel room and he walks in and he's like, uh, Blaine says to him, why didn't you ever tell me? And Derek's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, how good it feels to perform for a huge audience. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's pretty dope. That's pretty cool. No, he really enjoyed it. And I saw it at the most interesting. See, there's a lot I can say about the show that has nothing to do with the show, but tells you a lot about the show. That's mm-hmm. what I'm getting at. He... Um... <laughs> When I say stupid, I mean it in like the most in the, like surfer, in the good like surfer skate, like oh that was stupid, like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no it, and it's just absurd, is what I mean to say. Sure. Who does a Q and A informal Q and A? I mean, it's not in in that he does it I, from what I've been told every show, but it's still informal in that it's he he kind of like asks for the audience to kind of talk with him. Yeah. After he holds his breath for almost. 10 minutes 10 minutes and I'm not spoiling that people know that he does that but the fact that he does that on a state there's no one else you're gonna see who's gonna like do something like that and he's like completely out of it after it like you should be (laughs) and he's like getting questions and and I saw it in Sacramento which Mm -hmm. has got some flavor Sacramento is a really interesting market and I mean in my side job I do research for it's your side job (laughs) or not my, that's my normal job. <laughs> okay. Excuse me. What are you regularly? I'm, I'm regularly my turn. No. <laughs> so no, my, I mean my normal job, which is commercial real estate research, my job is to understand like markets, both economically and demographically and how they work in tandem and how they drive specific product types for commercial real estate, like industrial. Do you, yeah. Office. Didn't you just write a paper on the housing bust? We did. Got published by Wall Street Journal. <laughs> got published. <laughs> Technically speaking, it got published by UC Berkeley, actually, mm-hmm. which is awesome that I got technically published without even being a grad student, Yeah, which is amazing. That'll help if I once go to grad school, which I might. But um, the yeah, they, they got a, a lot of publicity. We, our, our team did a great job, and our chairman is really well regarded, so it, it ended up getting picked up by a lot of cool. people. But yeah, it's on home ownership and why in the United States home ownership is crumbling. But I don't think our viewers necessarily want to. I'm sure they're all like, "Yeah, I agree. It's terrible." <laughs> um, in that you can't get a home, but and, well, 
yeah, those that want a home, it's very difficult to get one. Yeah. And rents are ridiculous. But anywho, um, what did I? What was I going off on? Was that? Yeah, it's my exactly. So exactly, it's my job to understand markets. Sacramento is one of my markets, and Sacramento is such a diverse demographic group. So all cultures, a lot of varying age groups, really well spread. Um, but additionally, it hasn't. It's one of the slowest recovering markets since the Great Recession. Yeah, the, the housing bubble, um, and the flavor of the people that came to the show before any of the Q&A and stuff were talking Zesty. with David. Oh, they were talking with him at every point in the trick. Yeah. Every point. And it was amazing. He was re- he was responding to it. That's the greatest part. That's what I loved about the show. And that's the last I'll say about Blaine. But it was... Yeah, uh, yeah it was really interesting to see it so personable. But um, speaking of Derek... Yeah, Derek... Going back to Derek Hughes, I've known Derek for a while since uh, Tannins. He was mm-hmm. counselor at Tannins. Yeah. Um, and since the junior program, I remember him, I would do Sunday brunches a bunch in the close up gallery, and mm-hmm. he would do parlor. And I was the super annoying kid who'd come in and talk his ear off. He's like, I'm prepping for a show. Or something. <laughs> Get out of here. Seriously? Like, he was too nice to not say that. Or. He is a, like a genuinely wonderful. Humble. He's way too nice. Is he Canadian? He better be. No, he's, he's not. No, I know he's not. That's what I, <laughs> He feels like it. He though. feels Canadian. He has a Canadian spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Derek's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tannins for. Let's see, I'm going through the timeline of Derek. When did you become a junior member? So this is a, another fun one. So, junior member was a. So. I held the record for being the youngest junior member because you have to be 13 years old to mm-hmm. join. And tryouts are twice annually. And they had it, if I'm not mistaken, it was September 30th. Mm-hmm. I think it was September 30th. It was either August 30th or September 30th. And my birthday, September 23rd. So, and I should probably know this, but either my point being is that I was such a so close, close window yep. to when the actual time was. Um, I don't know if I either asked them to let me and it was later or it was only 23 days after, but ultimately yeah. speaking, it's still a close window and I turned 13 right then, was yeah. accepted, and then I auditioned. For those that don't know, you have to audition again within the program if you want to then become a, uh, a brunch performer and then subsequently for to perform for a week that's called Future Stars mm-hmm. where they, they host like the top... I don't know, however many people can sort of rotate through the close-up gallery and then two parlor guys and then normally like four or five people that encompass a, a stage act or a palace de mystery act. Um, so, yeah, I would do close-up gallery for that for a while. What would you audition with? Oh, for the actual... I remember I did I definitely did Invisible Palm Know Your Balls Linking Rings (laughs) (laughs) the class you know just classics you know Dove Pan you know Dove Harness I was kind of into a Dove phase (laughs) but I never was allowed to actually my parents never let me get I did genuinely own I I say that because those are the two pieces of Dove Magic I actually still to this day I have a Dove Pan yeah and um, I have 
a one-handed dove harness. Wow. Or not harness, excuse me, dove bag. I never was into the harnesses because of the idea that it would be sure. on the bird, but it didn't really matter because I never had a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting so I was getting emotionally wrapped up in the, the thought thereof, and I never had a bird. But um, so wait, um, yeah. You auditioned with Invisible Palm. I auditioned with Invisible Palm, and then what did I? I think I may or may not have done something in which I also. I'm pretty sure it was Invisible Palm Matrix. Invisible Palm, and then I did a Matrix. I think that was it. And then for those that don't know, the Castle Act, pretty sure, or not the Castle Act, excuse me, the, the Junior Program Castle Auditions mm-hmm. is only a five-minute inter- uh, five act that you yeah. audition, so to speak, just to let them preview. And I'm pretty sure they're very strict on time. Mm-hmm. They'd rather it be under than yeah. you do even a few seconds over. Pretty sure. That was like. It was at the time when you did it. Let's just say <laughs> I did a 15 minute uh, lecture. <laughs> dub and pan. I did a dub pan lecture. I over and over theory. again. I did theory of dub pan. <laughs> um, it sounds like a Williamson bit. <laughs> dub pan. He would do a lecture on dub pan. <laughs> He's doing quite well. Have you seen it with the circus? I haven't seen the circus. I haven't. Show, I mean to say. He's killing it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. And I've um, heard people that have seen the show. It's great because he, it. he from the little preview clip I've seen, he get, he does his Williamson sort of character a little bit under this ring. What is, ring what is leader. That? Is it a ring leader? Yeah. Vibe. That's great. Yeah. It's perfect. He's the one. He's he's the leader of the show. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He, so it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I I thoroughly enjoy it. He was. I saw him when I was thirteen. He scared the crap out of me. I, he, I saw him lecture. When I say scared, like. I was so entertained, but I was also like frightened, yeah. which is his goal, I think, yeah. ultimately. Um, he was amazing. So anyway, going back. The first time I ever saw him lecture, he dropped a prop, stood up, shouted a curse word, and dropped his pants. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely... He, I can see, I think he just... I. Whether or not he's doing this intentionally, all I know is there are like lines that you can say he said at points that are just amazing. Yeah, he's like, incredible. There was one where he's, he had me as a uh, spectator come up and he was just so, he was playing with the fact that I'm like really young kid and he's mm-hmm. super old adult. Yeah. And he was just like, no, it's okay. We're all here together. We're all in this, you know, pretty normal retail strip center in second floor. Just a <laughs> bunch of men. Let's take off our belts. And, and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, let's just take off our belts and put our blood into the chalice of life. And he just let it, I swear. He, he started going off into this like crazy. I'm like, what? That's amazing. It was so frightening. Then he did like the craziest Tornish Store. He did Tornish Store Transpo with like the final, um, I'm pretty sure it was Tornish Store. I or am I, crazy. With the, well, the, oh. or, you know, or is that a different trick with the, the you know, the Sharpie the, thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different trick, yeah. right? Okay. But yeah, he did those two, those killed. Yeah. And then I obviously got the book. I'm pretty sure he had the book. Um, yeah, he. I still love that. I, I did that in an act. I did Torn Store Transport because it's still, I think, one of the craziest workers. Yeah, Same absolutely. With his deck, I think his deck to pocket, does he have one? Yep. That's also yeah. one of the craziest workers. He's got some of the best workers, like, yeah. by far. That's why the pros do his material. It's because he's just I, phenomenal. I absolutely cannot say enough about him. Yeah. So that's why I'm so excited that he's getting successful on a grand scale in front of audiences that are there for a circus. And then, boom, Williamson 
doesn't kills him. Yeah, he's amazing. Kills him. Um, Where did we tangent off of? So we were at the castle audition. Audition, yep. You auditioned, you made it in. I made it in. I was so excited. Did brunch. I did brunch. You get brunch. Like, I'm a third. I'm, I'm, at, I'm having my parents drop me off. I'm like 13, 14 years old, mm-hmm. working at the, the castle on Saturday, Sunday, and having parents drop me off. What did you pick- learn performing? that stuff in a real showroom at such a young age i take it for granted for sure but it's i mean i'm so grateful like no one get like it's such a rare thing mm-hmm. that people that they let the the fact that they let them do that like is so awesome i think yeah. it's such a cool program so for those that don't know on saturday and sunday for brunch you can come in to the castle and they have the same thing that you do at the night with the exception that the food is just a brunch buffet that's absolutely delicious yes i recommend it if you're in town almost yes. over sometimes going it depends the vibe of the person if you're trying to go out for a night of drinks go out for a full old school get the dinner do the whole spiel yeah but the brunch is amazing but brunch is a great vibe i love it and yeah it's from like i just a- went to brunch for the first time i've been to the members lunch on fridays that's the, very yeah the- but the brunch i just went for the first time to see actually derek do the palace show at brunch really for like a kid-friendly audience did he do the slow-mo rope thing does he still do that at all or no no you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. I, I but... It. That was what he was doing. He, uh... <laughs> yeah, I, the vibe is really great. I love I really it. really like it. And it's not as rowdy, for sure, which is... And, it, and additionally, the, the, the caveat being that you can bring kids to it. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, a big plus, truthfully, because you don't... Like, it's not even kids. It's, like, a lot of 13 to 20-year-olds yeah. who just can't yeah, yeah. go during the week because it's 21 or over-establishment. So yeah. the... Yeah, brunch... The, the thing I learned, I feel like, was just being able to relax. It just can. It's it's not a, anything more than just practice, is what it was. Meaning, like, the biggest thing I took away from it was the fact that I mean, the byproduct of it was that I was able to relax and learn to just be comfortable in front of a bunch of people. But mm-hmm. it it was just a byproduct of being able to get in front of people so often. Yeah. I guarantee there were some of the worst. Yeah. I mean, there. I, you can actually go online and watch some terrible... You can watch, I think, a 14 or 15-year-old Michael Stern <laughs> performing at the, the castle, my full act. Wow. Um, it's not that bad. I actually have... Uh, it's well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. You guys be the judge. The, 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 no, no, no. Let me re- rephrase that. Yeah. The magic is not bad. The performance is horrendous. Okay, all right. Like the structuring, I actually can stand by. I still don't like it. Like I did this like cool throwback, not throwback, where like I did like a tie change mm-hmm. within the. So I did, I did a tie change that I do a time delay where like I I don't acknowledge it until the the twelve minutes at the end of the act. Yeah, and the tie is now a different color, mm-hmm. but I don't do it in some like corny way where I'm like. <laughs> Look at my black t- like yeah. <laughs> I I did it. I what I still think is somewhat subtle, and that I just opened the act with producing t- uh, coins from the tie, doing like the roll up. Yep. And they're gonna see the tie. They, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just square up my my tie at the end, and I don't even like. I guarantee you it flew by like 40% of people. Yeah. For sure. And that's the point. I actually didn't really care because that, that wasn't the ender. I wasn't like, and. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it was just like a throwaway. And that was, that was also something I learned. I, I love, at least for, 
I learned like what my style was. Mm-hmm. Like I def that's something I actually just realized. I always have a throwaway in every act. Like there's always an effect that's after the closer that you very well may not catch. And it's not like it's not original. I mean to say a lot of them are actually just like exact throwaways that like to again go back to Williamson, he does that throwaway on the Torn Restored Transpo where mm-hmm. you can exactly what you said, the creases. Yeah. I would do that, but I wouldn't acknowledge I wouldn't make yeah. it a, an effect. I literally had I opened for that specific act, I opened with Matthew Beach's aluminum foil mm-hmm. um, appearance, yeah. if you've seen that. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. for those that don't know, still in my opinion, one of the sickest appearances and methods. That like every Matthew Beach effect. It's like the method's almost more fun. <laughs> the effect yeah. not to discredit the effect is amazing having said that so you just literally take a piece of aluminum foil crumple it up and then produce a deck but anyway what I'm getting at is that I had that aluminum foil on the table the entire time mm-hmm. and at the end of the act I ended it with Torn Restore Transpo and I'd end up with the creases and I would say thank you to everyone and as I'm leaving I would literally just roll the aluminum foil on the card mm-hmm. let the card be there and and leave and I wouldn't say anything I wouldn't like I mean it definitely is still an effect kind of but yeah. it's I didn't call I didn't verbally confirm yeah. it in any yeah. regard so that was a throwaway but yeah I like I like throwaway so it taught me a little bit about style it taught me a lot about structuring acts like definitely going to tannins and that taught me a lot about structuring acts and it also taught me I do not want to like I at least personally I'm not condemning anyone who does that because there's different structure for different folks but I did not want to be that sort of competition act magician there was it's a hustle it's hard like yeah. for sure it's a different game that's what it was I would I saw it a lot because I did the I would always do the competition at Tannins mm-hmm. and it was similar it, it had a similar vibe to it, for me I was like oh I've been performing at the castle like all <laughs> all year this is like just another act yeah like even less so it, it didn't feel much different but I got to see all these other kids making like competition acts and they're like honing it so it was interesting to see that definitely interesting to see that um what for listeners who might not know what do you mean that what's the difference between a competition act a competition and a, act and okay so okay. a competition act is a little more commercially if that makes sense just a little more it's, it hits specific notes like really consciously versus a lot of the times a, a like a a castle act or just like an ordinary act I would argue is a little more free flow or a little more casual or loose mm-hmm. um, to kind of compare it for like comedy like for example is like you can go to a stand up show and that's going to be super people are in the moment and they're playing imagine, the ma- and- yeah imagine a comedy show going to the comedy store for example locally mm-hmm. and imagine watching someone on um, like What's the last comedian standing? <laughs> What's it called? You know what I'm talking. It's not last comedian standing. <laughs> Biggest comedian loser. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, last comic standing. It is actually it is last comic standing. Oh my gosh! I said last comedian standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> so last comic standing, for instance. Yeah. If you watch that, yeah. it has the same like elements. It has a joke. It has like some amount of rapport. 
Yeah. It has like a tag or two and then an actual punchline. Yeah. Uh, I guess the difference would be like uh, a competition act is highly edited and it feels like the performance starts and it ends and there's no... There's no chance of interruption at yeah. all. There's no chance of interaction. You are watching this DVD player of a yeah. and whatever, act go through. If and whatever interaction happens between the person and the audience, that's part of the script. And it that's feels very... And it feels very hygienic, not hygienic, what is it called? Sterile. Sterile in some ways, and I'm not, I don't want to be viewed as like, I'm we're generalizing. Not shit, we're not shitting on uh, no, competition No, 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 there, are, there like, are some incredible competition acts that in fact break everything that I'm discussing, but I am generalizing to some extent, because that is, in the essence, you. it makes sense, it's a byproduct of the... F- you're trying to do it perfectly instead yes, you're, of... Yes, you're, you're yeah. putting yourself... It's a different goal. You're putting it's an art goal. form, or I don't know if we talk about that, art versus craft. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, but no, you're putting something within a box, and that box being a competition, which is going to be scored quantitatively. Yeah. Or at least at least some amount of uh, comparative. Yeah. You know, whether it's an actual numeric, it's this is better than that. Yeah. So yes, you're going to do everything you can to make it... Make your points high. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. It's, you're you're putting yourself in a numeric or some sort of systemized yeah. judgment. Different yes, structure, you're going to then mindset. put make sure the input is in that box too. So that makes sense. Versus, yeah. if you're at the castle, the audience is a drink in yeah. and enjoying their night after yeah. a nice prime rib. Yeah. You can talk with them. They might. <laughs> they're in fact. Yeah, let, they're let's just talk say this: you. in a competition act, there's far less room to play with the audience. There's no. David on your left in an Alan Alvitt or what is it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Is it David? It's is David. It, there's, is, I think it's David. Oh, okay. He, no, he was yeah. on the right, wasn't he? He was on the performer's left, the right side of the screen. Okay, good. Okay, I'm not. I if go you don't back, know who people. we're talking I about, go, I go if, you don't know, if you don't know who we're talking about, go and watch any Alan Alvitt. Go, no, the specific video. Go and watch. Tommy Wonders, Cups and Balls. Or Bill Malone. Or Bill Malone. But, but, uh, but I really love this David moment. The when... rapport with Bill Malone is heavy. Sorry, go on. I cut you off. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, e- either of those. But uh, the Tommy Wonder, Cup and Balls routine is amazing. When, I don't know. <laughs> when he, like, freaks out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Is it David, though? I hope we're not. I think it's right. David. Okay. He's amazing. <laughs> Listeners, you know who we're talking about. We're, we're, yeah, these are old magic Spectators that are famous from being in <laughs> from the back. Being spectators in every. Do you think they got paid, right? These, I would imagine. Is it just like a fan? Because it's the same group. Is it a family of like? They just they just brought in forty magicians and spent three days. <laughs> you think that's what it was? The, no, I don't know. I don't that know. one makes more sense. That does make more sense. Like, hey, also, I'll pay this that one would group. Be absolute torture. <laughs> for which would explain a lot more. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Well, see- so when did you start getting into Carter's train? So, see, that's the other funny thing. Again, around like 12, 13, yeah. there's, so there's two really conscious things that got me into cardistry. Before we do this, sure. Uh, who and what is my turn? Uh-oh. <laughs> so, my turn. My name is Michael. Because I, I okay. still feel like listeners, I don't think no you idea, even know, have no idea who you are. Uh, I don't think <laughs> like, I know. That's the yeah, most elusive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. So, my name is Michael Stern. Yep. If you take the first two letters of my first name. Uh, I think we can get it. <laughs> and then Stern, you get my turn. And then if you spell it how it should be spelled, it, you get the actual my nickname, my turn. Yeah. Um, that came from 
Zach actually. Zach Mueller. Okay. Um, we go way back. So he, yeah, he he said that at some point, and then some other buddies when I was growing up kept saying it. So it was just it was a nickname that I'd always had. Okay. I actually did have. It wasn't something that was like. It wasn't something like popular. It was like a few select people, mm-hmm. um, who would always just call everyone like by some stupid nickname, yeah. and that was their stupid nickname for me. Ultimately, like at- tickle shits. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so uh, that was mine, and at uh, Cardistry Con in Brooklyn, and that was that 2014 or 2015? Yeah, 2015. <laughs> yeah, 2015. You're doing some calculations. <laughs> Yeah. No, um, it was 2015 because 2014, 2014 was the one in San Diego. Correct. At the end of MagicCon. Yeah. Um, so at uh, Brooklyn Cardistry Con, we made a viral video um, that was spoofing a funny viral video that is the um, what is it called? It's, I think it's just called. I don't know if it's called the Rap Battle or it's some. It's it's that video of oh, it's the Super Hot Fire Rap Vet rap battle video if you've seen it. I have not. It's a to to describe it, it's this guy who's a really ridiculous like character, just like really how how would you describe pompous sort of looking. Sure. Uh really confident. Yeah. And he there's a big crew of like 30, 40 people. Yeah. And they're rap they're doing some street rap rapping, rap battling. Mm -hmm. And there's a like an MC between them like, yo, we got this man on our right. And they hype this. This guy is really good, and yeah. he doesn't. And they don't give him any sort of like acknowledgement. And then they go to Super Hot Fire, who's the pompous one that yeah. I was discussing. Yeah. And he immediately goes first. Let me say, I'm not a rapper. That's yeah. what he says. He, and then they give him like this massive intro, and everyone just goes off. Mm-hmm. And the one dude spits some bars, which means he raps. Thank um, you. <laughs> And then it goes back to Subot Fire, and he says, like, something incoherent. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> oh, no, like, he literally goes, like, at one, for one of the verses, the ender, he goes, skeet bop, dooly, beep bop, boom. And then everyone, that, that's his rap. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone loses it. Yeah. Um, I remember one of the raps is, like, he goes, like, jacket, shirt, glasses, don't call me jacket, shirt, glasses, man. And then everyone loses it from that. That's yeah, the yeah, whole rap. That's yeah. the entire rap. Yeah. That's his whole bar. Okay. Um, and then the one that I, I like copied from was he goes, he goes, I think he goes, give your chick, or here, here's my number. Psych, that's the wrong number. <laughs> he said, and then everyone just goes off. Yeah. So we made a video of me rap battling Andre for, and for those who don't know, Andre Zik is one of the most consistent cardists in the world. Yeah. Within the community, almost no one will deny that yeah him darren of the verts um there's a few others so don't forgive me if i'm not saying your name my buddies but those are two that stand out as regards to like the most consistent can do so much amazing stuff fast consistent repeatable which is so rare in cardistry and not so rare but like you're gonna drop them it's a nature of of doing that yeah so um, we have Andre being the competitor. We give this great intro, and then it goes back to me and says some ridiculous stats, like number of battles won, some ridiculous yeah, number, yeah. and a bunch of stuff. And then Zach Mueller is the host, and we had like 40 people behind us, and we didn't even script or do anything. We legitimately told everyone in the audience, hey, we're just doing 
a parody of the rap battle video, yeah. Super Hot Five. And everyone kind of got it. And I said, if you don't really get it, kind of go farther in the back. You'll, you'll understand it really quickly. It's not. Yep. It makes sense. It's honestly. Yes, yes, yes. The one who doesn't have talent is going to be shrouded. The fan favorite. With, exactly. Yeah. Correct. So that's all we did. And for those that uh, go and find the video, it's on Tobias Levin, who's another famous cardist from uh, from Denmark. Um, he... Uh, he posted on that's where the video is on YouTube. It got posted on Facebook by a, a famous page, Mr. Technical Difficult, and got like 3.5 million views. Wow! And but it was an edited version mm-hmm. of the actual video is like three minutes. He edited it down to like 50 yep. seconds, yep. and it's just me doing the first phase, mm-hmm. which um, I do like think of a card, and then I go, "That's the wrong card," and then everyone loses it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just stealing from that, and goes back and forth anyway that's how we established the actual character my that turn. now everyone sort of understands which is my turn mm-hmm. which is for those that are a little this is sort of almost explaining too much but it is sort of a performance art within cards. it's meta kind of yeah definitely so like if you kind of we kind of discussed this a little bit because my my you know my inspiration in magic is people like David Williamson and things like that, which David Williamson, I love Leonard Green. I love, and those guys, I love Matt King. Those guys are all characters. Mm-hmm. They're character magicians. And yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't view me saying that disrespectfully. I think they thrive off of that. And I think that's very intentional mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've seen these people lecture, he discusses that. Uh, Williamson discusses how, you know, if he can, convince them that it's impressive that he can shuffle a deck, then yes, you doing any amount of sleight of hand is mm-hmm. even within the spectator's mind very impressive. Yeah. So how do you within cardistry one up your not one up, but incre- like the idea of magic being impressive is because you're setting their expectation low, that payoff gap is bigger. You have control over that. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you do a huge spring and some cuts you've immediately set the expectation higher you've shortened that gap it's yeah very easy mm-hmm. super easy formula that's why people like leonard green he it's so intentional you think the guy doesn't know how to handle a deck of cards he he's incredibly proficient yeah of course he stumbles and throws them everywhere because it yeah makes more sense so i think they're really conscious of that and it helps their performance it definitely i i remember watching him they're so entertaining for that reason and let alone just the other comedic value of Dave Williamson and Matt King, things like that. And I feel like the idea of a character lets magic work on a separate level. When I say magic, I mean the actual meaning of magic, which is the... Like, if everyone, anyone ever wonders what the best magicians in the world are, I'll give you a secret. It's the people like Juan Tamariz or like Michael Weber who know that the way you're going to recollect the effect is going to change and grow... And that's the magic because that's real magic in that your brain is deceiving you legitimately. You, you get like confabulating a memory. It, yes. It's literally making stuff up. Yes. Like yourself is doing mm-hmm. that for, for yeah. yourself. And yeah, they, yeah. They, they consciously do that. Yeah. And all I'm getting at is that like that magic part is that's, that's your brain doing any amount of like mystery yep. filling in the so blanks. So if there's a character story attached to that, then it makes the, the story even more fantastic. Well, because it's actually not real. So yes. it's impossible. Exactly. So, exactly. So if 
if you have a character, it lets you have that one more level of sort of, this is not, I can sort of play with the mystery of it more. Yeah, exactly. It's not a real thing. So thereby you can definitely produce that gap easier. Yeah. So then additionally, like I said, kind of going back, cardistry is incredible. And some of my friends are some of the best people in the world with them. I'm not a cardist and I say that as a joke because that was the line in the rap video yeah but I really mean that and that I'm really not a cardist I practice it a shit ton mm -hmm. and people would probably be really surprised if they ever saw me do anything yeah but that's also part of it if I condition them to believe that I can do just a charlier yeah everything's impressive and that's a beautiful thing within an art form which is based upon extreme skill yeah I it, feel like I'm not in, I'm not competing against anyone. There's yeah. no one I'm competing because I'm legitimately I'm not trying like I'm not working on the level of producing videos of cardistry. Yeah, as you've seen. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, legitimately I don't. Yeah, yeah. There's no comparison. I don't think. Yeah, and that there's which I I think is a shame. Go do it, people. Like I I, I you you can do it. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, your character to me feels almost like an idiot savant. <laughs> like, Somehow just, it works out, or like yeah, it's yeah, 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 or, yeah, yeah, or like uh, might just be real. No, <laughs> yeah, but it's the it's the idea that like uh, you you have no skill and then happen to do these amazing things that work like, out. Oh, sure. it's like this is the first time I ever tried this and it worked. Ah, oh, and then you can't replicate it. Of course you could, but it's that idea that like I so exact so and then it's great that we actually had that little prefacing. Is that a word, prefacing? Mm -hmm. uh, I know preface is a word, but um, that prefacing discussion because I went through that s massive phase of doing so much stuff. Mm -hmm. And then additionally, I went to school for economics and this is not, you don't need to get an economics degree to learn this. Supply and demand is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. Do not give them too much supply. It's not going to work out mm -hmm. ever. Yep. You need to limit supply. You can keep demand high, but limit supply. And that's in all regards, I believe. And I, I, I try and hopefully put that into everything mm -hmm. like I, I work on. So that's what I mean in that regard. Like now my magic, I definitely do. Like what, I structure my magic now. If I'm ever going to like go out for a night and I know that the people I'm with are either expecting to see something or they've hyped me up to their buddies or something, yeah. I'll have one, maybe two max three as like a final yeah and those will be done after they've asked like three or four times throughout yeah. the night because you have to make them really want it they have to be invested in it and then you always leave them wanting more it's food like it's the same thing as food for me at least i and anyone who's been with me <laughs> to get food I may even already know where we're going. You can be sure I'm going on Yelp and no, I'm not going to look at the reviews. I never am. I'm going on there to look at the photos mm -hmm. to get myself mentally excited for what I'm about to see. It's all anticipated. Like how many times have you had the meal that you know you love and it just doesn't taste right or it just doesn't satisfy or it's, it's happened to everyone. And then there's the opposite where it's just like the nothing meal, but it was exactly what you wanted at the mm. exact right time. And it was, it's, it's that pairing that you need to, anyway, yeah. I don't know how I got off on that, but you, you kind of get what I'm leaving people wanting more. Sure. Magic. Sure. But, um, yeah. So with my turn, I definitely tried to take a different angle with 
doing some something interesting in a community that I am somehow blessed to be tangentially related in. And because of that video, I host a I, I hosted Cardistry Con in Berlin, which was incredible. It was amazing. It was exhausting. And I might be involved with something this year in uh, Cardistry Con. I don't know. There's nothing official yet out, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> the convention's in two days. I hope it's official. There's a video coming out. Anyway, yes, I'm hosting Cardistry Con. <laughs> well, I mean, go ahead and talk about it because, I mean, we already talked about it at the beginning. And people who, I mean... After the video comes out, I'm going to put this whole thing up. So cool. People, okay. You know, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, CardistryCon is a cool conference on cardistry. It, um, it's by Dan and Dave Buck, who also did MagicCon. So, they have that experience and understanding how to run a conference successfully and intimately, most importantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we, we basically we get a bunch of cardists from around the, the world they all come together and we have about what was it 20 or 30 speakers or presenters or things like that and then this year i think there's 300 250 or 300 at least attendees which 300 is, yeah which is incredible and we sold out and it was like 58 seconds or something yeah that's absurd yeah so again just like from like that's what that tells me at least is that the demand it was so high Mm-hmm. that was snapped up by 300 people in 58 seconds then there was probably in the scope of somewhere around 1500 people around there I would imagine somewhere over a thousand actually wanting willing to not only pay for the ticket but also get the flight out and time off I mean that's the real cost if you want my opinion of it I mean yeah ticket it's, it's, it's the ticket. opportunity cost exactly yeah so um, that, to use an economic term yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no, truthfully, I mean, that's just, it's, it's awesome. It's so cool to see that because last year in Berlin, it was 100 people. So, I mean, it's not, it's not even, it's exponential. It's not even linear. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just interested. It's, it's amazing to see it grow. And it's interesting to see how people are. I mean, it's something that truthfully, like for a while, I really didn't understand. Like, I, I'll be honest, like. I was someone who was like a move monkey too as a magician, like 100%. And I'd seen like card flourishing forever. And that's sort of, I actually never answered your question when you said like, when did I start cardistry? Because we Mm -hmm. stopped, I think, and went into my turn. I started, so going back to like 12, 13, that was when I first met Dan and Dave actually, super young. They got, they got me. (laughs) They've seen the whole spectrum of it. Yep. So it's pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, the way I met them was hysterical because like everyone's always like, oh, how do you like just reach out to people, ask, just ask a question. The worst that it happens is someone doesn't reply to you or someone says no, like nothing's going to happen if you don't ask. Like that's just a lesson I would say. And if you go about it in a way that's like somewhat respectable, yeah, no no. is just a not yet. Yeah. Like, and just at the end of the day, if you just do it respectfully the worst case scenario they don't reply you're still in a great position yeah like you're and you also don't know why they didn't reply so you don't have to take it personally no i mean but there's also a lot of people that aren't willing even to deal with the rejection of 
not getting a reply, which if that's the case, you're never going to get a job either. That's, that's, the, that, well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is that you can't take it personally. No, it's a numbers game, even like with reaching out to people. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I just hit up Dave. I'm like, hey, you want to get lunch or something? Or He's like, sure. He was in LA, and I think we met at um, Sunset Hour at the studios, and then went to like Roscoe's or something. Um, but it was great, and then we went is, to Roscoe's. I think it was the I first think, time I ever came. I like doing here. that. I like doing that. We went to Roscoe's. It's a fun and, place to bring people. And you drove the A7 back to the condo. Do you remember that? I called driver. Yes, that's yeah. that's a that's a fun thing I like to do, <laughs> which is a legitimate thing. I'm not kidding. I still I'm not kidding you. When I'm at in Berkeley, I have buddies who bring like fun cars over. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're gonna like whatever. <laughs> and then I called, and they they let me drive it. <laughs> they know I like driving fun cars, so yeah. that is the one part of the my turn that is real. Not that I own, not that I own any like gold plated or ridiculous cars, but I definitely enjoy nice cars yeah. and drive. Like I've, I'm fortunate to have great friends that have access to phenomenal cars, not through, through anything like, I mean, some of them through means of having incredibly wealthy parents, of course, that's obviously a clear, (laughs) uh, easy connection. But additionally, I mean, I have a buddy who miles Maroney, who, if you go on right now on, if you've ever heard of target trophy, which is a really famous, um, like racing channel or they do, they do, uh, like those big rallies, you know, where they have like all those crazy, multi-million dollar cars like 40 of them together and they basically take over a freeway kind of yeah because they just all go at the same time to like one destination or something yeah he's the professional driver who does all of their like um like in their they're called ride checks where they'll review a car mm-hmm. they'll like uh he's like the stake for top gear absolutely no except they show his face and he gives a full-on review like here's what i like about the car here's what i feel and he's like this petite small perfect like race car looking a race car driver rather looking dude who yeah. when we were growing up in uh middle school yeah he was I don't remember what type of car he was in at the time, but like I remember, it was like he always kept moving up, like little not indie car or I think were the indie car like go karts, those sort of indie car. Or, I don't know, but all I know is that he kept moving up in cars. He's, he was in GT3, and he now ultimately what I'm getting at is he he knows a bunch of people that have ridiculous have great cars. cars yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so I was going off off my turn loving nice cars, blah blah blah. What was, let's go one more step back, where was I? We met at, or we didn't meet, but we went to Roscoe's the first time, so you like yes. to go to Roscoe's. Oh my gosh, I, I tangent That's how you hard. met Dan. I tangent hard, yeah. yeah. And this is how sweet Dave was. I'm not kidding you, he brought me a brick of cards to meet me. Yeah. There's no re- for people that aren't understanding, there's absolutely no reason, I'm nobody. Mm-hmm. I'm meeting what is in, is my, like, idol at the time yeah. for like seeing this stuff like some imagine like a 12 year old ADHD Michael Stern seeing that type of magic that was like yeah killer and I I had known about the system before because actually legitimately my first intro to card uh, to cardistry rather it was at like the age of 11 or 12 before I met them with uh, why am I blanking um, Brian Tudor Mm-hmm. Brian Tudor and um, DeVoe, um, which is really old cardistry stuff. 
And I met that extreme car manipulation. Yeah, I met it from a guy who was like this hardcore metal, like teenager. Yeah, Craig Bondar, and he unfortunately passed away. But um, he, yeah, he showed me. I, I was like this 11, 12 year old kid, and he was like this 16, 17 year old like punk kid. Mm-hmm. Like listen to I think it was like Nine Inch Nails or Corn or sure. like it was just like metal. It was or, heavy, yeah. Yeah, it was heavy and and yeah, I'd, I'd come over and he'd do like the he did the card to mouth, but like super like so interesting stylized. Yeah, it was yeah. so interesting looking back on it. it. Was and there were some great effects in there. But it was just the way it was stylized it was so absurd. Yeah. And he showed me these videos and I was and he showed me Dan and Dave. He showed me Dan and Dave. So he was technically the first person to show me uh, Dan and Dave. And that was the system for sure. And it was so sick. I borrowed it. I went through everything on it. Um, and yeah. No, I, and then met Dave. And he gives me a brick of cards. They're like, I still have that brick. I haven't opened any card deck in that brick. I didn't. I'm like, I'm holding on to these. That's cool. As much as I want to use them. They're just cards I can get, but I don't want. I want to be able to just have it. Yeah. It's so symbolic. Like why? It's the nicest thing. Why would you bring someone a break? Yeah, yeah. Um, so and it was just like assorted sick cards at the time. Um, but yeah, that that so. Let's see. That was like thirteen, fourteen, and when I met them and been friends with them since. And where am I tangenting from? From Cardistry Con to. Meeting Dave. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> that was just how you got into cardistry. Yeah. So it was meeting them. So yeah, it, I've been actually exactly sort of, I've known about it and been doing it for quite a while, but it's not the type of thing where A, I've ever had a video that's like actually seriously, I lie. Actually, I had one video when I was like 12, but I never uploaded it and I still I think have it. It's me doing like legitimately Charlie cuts trying to be impressed like which is funny because like now I do it ironically yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was <laughs> I did one I think behind my back and thought it was a move wow yeah which it is <laughs> nice it's extra bonus point when you do it mm-hmm. behind the back but um is that part of your competition act <laughs> <laughs> I have a few show pieces where yeah exactly I do like a handsome jack thing with a I do that, and then like Charlie A cuts come out from like a knee mechanism. Great, great. <laughs> Shout out John Lovick, love you. Haven't seen him in a while. Um, yeah. What else? How'd you get into longboarding? Oh yeah, so I'm not gonna say this continuously for those that don't know, because no one knows. <laughs> I do um, downhill uh, skateboarding or downhill longboarding, exactly. Um, and I've been doing sort of tangential versions of that for like on and off for the past like five, six years, but I've originally been snowboarding for a while and I always loved board sports. I was never a skateboarder though. I was always like the uncoordinated, like having said that I went to skate camp for at least two years. Mm -hmm. God bless my parents for paying for that and seeing absolutely no improvement. Seriously, looking back on that, I've no idea i love my parents i can't believe they did that i couldn't i lie I, I could do like two or three things but i still to this day i just learned it and this is about over 10 to 13 years after the first time i've ever tried to skateboard at least i i just learned to ollie which is for those that don't know how to 
You jump. Jump. I couldn't do that, and I went to skate camp for two years. That's terrible. You can normally teach people in a day or two maybe how to ollie, mm -hmm. and then they just practice it for a while, and then they like eventually get good at it after a few months where it's like nice, but you can teach someone. It's like a fundamental. Yeah. It's like, it's like squaring a deck. <laughs> double undercut. Don't it's sure. a double undercut. Perfect analogy. Like, you're not going to have a natural double undercut, but you can 100% do that after a day or two. Yeah. Like, easily. Um, so I was like the kid who would just like go into a bowl, not drop in it. I would go into it, like, ooh, it's slipping on it. And then I just like pump to the point where I get a little bit of like momentum. And then maybe try and do like a little like line, you know, or kind yeah. of skate around the inside of the bowl. <clears throat> I was like best suited for like the 60s or 70s of skating, which was like, un <laughs> like seriously, because back then that was like under, they would call it under the, under the lip or under the rail where you never get, because the people weren't doing like big errors yeah. where they like get over the coping and get out of the bowl. That was like a huge groundbreaking, like once they started doing that, that style changed immediately. Yeah. But anyway, so I was not coordinated and I transitioned my abilities in snowboarding to <clears throat> Uno Momentito. That means a small moment. I got it. I learned that from Taquito. Because Ito is the small. Anyway, so the. Um, what was I saying? The. Um, transferring from snowboarding. <clears throat> yeah, I was transitioning my skills, rather. Not rather. I was transitioning my skills from, from snowboarding to a sport called freeboarding. Which is a, it's it's basically downhill skateboarding, but the board itself is not a skateboard that is traditional with traditional trucks. Um, it's just different hardware, in that it it doesn't have four wheels. It actually has six wheels. Which I don't, have I shown you it? Mm. Did you know I did this or no? Yeah. So, but you didn't know how it works. So it's actually cool. No. Um, the so the way it actually works, and hopefully I can describe this to people without it sounding ridiculous, but imagine a normal set of trucks, meaning four wheels. So they're on the same plane, right? Height-wise. And then you introduce an additional secondary set of two wheels, one per side, at the center of those trucks, basically. Mm -hmm. Those being raised, meaning closer to the ground, by maybe an inch and those wheels being on a pivot so that they can spin freely mm -hmm. all directions. So it's a rolling wheel, almost like the bottom of like a shopping cart kind of, but a, an industrial one and it's well designed. And that's all one piece and that's the truck. So that there's three and what that does, and you're probably thinking like it makes it like a teeter-totter and that's the point. Is that like laterally? Like, and like you're training wheels almost. Kind of, but it, it produces an opposite effect because it's not on the outside. Yeah. What it does is it ends up making you be on the center line and then you have this lateral edge mm -hmm. which is mimicking the edge of a snowboard and it works like a snowboard in that if you're leaning on your toe side edge your other set of wheels is physically off the ground much like a snowboard's opposite edge it must okay. be above like that's when you catch an edge on a snowboard is when that physical opposite edge gets below the point of where it can clip the snow yeah same thing with a freeboard. If that opposite edge is gets contact while you're going like this, you're going to flip. Flip, exactly. Yeah. Catch an edge. So the exact same terms are identical. And then the muscle memory is very similar. Very similar. Dave was able to do it really quickly. Mm -hmm. Like 
really quickly. It's and it's essentially a cross trainer for uh, snowboarding. So that in the off season, which is the majority of the year, you can continuously snowboard, and it really does produce that feeling. So for people that want to do that, go to freeboard.com. It's f r e e b o r d dot com. B o a r d. It's a, they, you noticed it. B o r d dot com. They're hip. In that, but they've been around actually for quite a while. They've been around for over twenty. They 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 were, I don't know if they were a PhD project, but they were. It was something at a Stanford PhD for some project. I don't know if it was for a project within school or one that was done right out. But I'm pretty sure it was done for school where they developed this product initially. It was it's evolved amazingly in regards to like quality and engineering, and the the actual user experience feels very similar, similar. to snowboard. It's impressive. You're. Like the the fact that you can continuously slide is the key. Versus, so what a great transition to now oh, something else that I've gotten into. I still do freeboarding, but that mimics the feel of snowboarding. I do downhill skateboarding or longboarding, which is on essentially the equivalent of what I rode here today on. Yeah. But just I wouldn't use that downhill truthfully. Sure. So for everyone who sees those like boosted boards, by the way, condemn anyone who's not wearing a helmet when you see that. Literally on the street, ask them why they're not wearing a helmet and that they probably should. I mean that. I've had buddies who have unfortunately are no longer with us because they either A decided to not wear a helmet or just do something incredibly reckless like that. And it's a very easy thing to put yourself in a good statistical bucket by wearing a helmet versus not. Yeah. Not saying that you're not going to die wearing a helmet, but you are going to die from not wearing a helmet. If that makes sense. Sure. That, that actually... Yeah, I got makes, it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, even today, I, I, I wore one to get a few blocks from here. It's not yeah. the distance. It's the fact you're on a public road. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, downhill skateboarding is done with just four wheels and it's very traditional that's what i loved about learning it was that it goes back to the most fundamental roots of what skateboarding is if you go and trace sort of the history of what skateboarding started as it was surfers kind of taking a lot of their surfing feel and motion to little boards that they put roller skate trucks on Mm -hmm. that's what that was and a lot of your first skateboards are kind of like mini little cruiser boards, which would look like a almost like a longboard or a penny kind of board. Not really, not to say that the penny board is any, people are going to shun me because that's something that I don't even, I don't really, I mean, I love pennies in that people are getting into skating widespread, but it's also introduced a litany of issues as well. But, but still, overall, team skateboarding, so it's good. Just like team magic, so good. Um, but... Yeah, the old school like motions of original skateboarding were all like people cruising or doing like just big cars or like that surfing sort of style. If you look at like Jay Adams or like Stacy Peralta, if you know those names or have heard of mm-hmm. them, like Dogtown, yep. those are the original sort of skating companies. And they were all, if you look at the style of people skating, they were in like the equivalent of, or they're called snake runs, which are like cool paved canyons almost that you could like do big slides and it almost feels like surfing you're like yeah and that's i mean it like there's nothing different between what that was and doing a big big power slide on a longboard down a hill it's i mean it's the same fundamentals and that's what i love about it, is that if you kind of look through how skateboarding has changed it went through that then it turned into a lot of like vert people skating bowls and doing the x game style like big stuff and then a resurgence of street skating, people doing technical 
flat ground stuff or transition, mm -hmm. meaning not that big, but kind of mellow banks and a lot of flip tricks. And nowadays, yeah, right now that's kind of what's biggest right now is actually like street skating, really technical street skating, people doing stuff with the flips that literally looks like it defies physics and they're doing yeah. it repeatedly. That's yeah. the most impressive part. And people like Aaron Jawalski, or that's not how you pronounce his name, but his, his nickname is Jaws. This guy is knees of thunder. This guy will land, I don't, don't quote me on this, but you can go check out his videos. It's the side, he jumps off buildings, like, like full two story uh, buildings and skate, but that's actually an older style, but that's just one person. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is that sort of, is occurring and then tangentially there's this big movement of downhill skateboarding it's sort of been up and coming it's kind of plateaued but it's still growing somewhat and just the fact that it kind of comes full circle in that regard sure the technology for the boards is unparalleled now but the beautiful thing is the board that right now is in my trunk that i skate all my hills with is a pal peralta and that's what's so amazing about it is that straight up is the original OG. Yeah, and they, they are still invested in downhill skateboarding still. And because I think they understand that that is part of the original roots of it, and seeing it kind of be readopted in this new form is amazing. And I'm blessed to know that my board is my homie's board, meaning like it's, it's the Byron Essert Pro Model by Pal Peralta. Byron Essert is a good friend of mine. And there's only two downhill skateboarders that Pal Peralta sponsors. It's incredible and it's just an that's literally a function of the fact that i uh i know a homie who's friends with him who's also a crazy amazing skateboarder who the wheels i'm riding are the liam morgan pro models that's the guy <laughs> liam morgan he, he, so um it's just an amazing fun community it, it was something that i that's the other part of it is i just love it for the community and that's also why kind of just getting back to magic i think that's like honestly almost more than the thing it yeah. is like it is it I don't want to say that because it feels like I'm not appreciating the thing, which is the magic of this game. I do, but I can't deny the, <laughs> the fun. The, that yeah, you, the yeah. hang. I'm not, why would it, I wouldn't be, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah. No, community is immensely important. And, and that's, I think, one of the things that's so beautiful about cardistry right now is that it's exactly. so young, there's not a lot of room for pettiness and stupid bullshit. I mean, it's not that that's not happening, but... I mean, I somehow just... made it through. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that, you know, it's still so pure. And it's so uh, so encouraging and so welcoming and uh, just beautiful. A, yeah. No, and then sort of going back also to what I was saying in regards to how I've shifted my... Not shifted my perspective, because I wasn't someone who ever disliked cardistry. It's always been around me so often, kind of... Since I've said, since knowing the Bucks for years, years, I've seen it forever. But it was the type of thing that I never actually took seriously for myself. Mm -hmm. I acknowledged undoubtedly that people took it seriously because I met people like Dimitri, who doesn't really do magic at all. He was one of the first people I remember just, and Dan, Dan and Dave always did magic, so it wasn't like, but they had people like that who did not do magic and that dumbfounded me for a while yeah just sort of under i was always i was sort of annoyed at points that was what it was for years i was annoyed i'm like why would you put all this effort into a dexterous ability and not learn a world of fun knowledge experience ability meeting people all the things that i like internalized that i got out of magic yeah 
You were projecting. Ex- that oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I realize now it's like, no, it can be its own thing. Yeah, you don't have to. It's not for me to like hundred yeah. percent. It could be its own thing. It took me a long, long, long time to actually see that. Well, and I, I mean, had friends of mine who who completely turned that leaf and that saw that, and I could see that they saw it, but I I knew I didn't, and I definitely do. But sorry. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's sort of like now. Uh, you know, it, it's the same thing as skateboarding. The prop is, is essentially the same, but it's ide- no, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a great, like, you know, it's, it's it's a great thing that I've actually been able to discuss with people from both communities and try. I mean, that is a goal of mine for this project is to actually see what I can do in regards to. I mean, Zach's done a great job at making like streetwear and cards kind of blend, but I want to actually like directly target the skating and downhill skating or I mean because I know people that have those brands and they love this stuff Liam Morgan is a huge fan of Fontaine's huge I show him all he I showed him a photo of the spinner fidget spinner and he he wants Zach made fidget spinners um and yeah it's it's they have very similar progressions and skating the downhill skating being a little more evolved I can kind of almost see a little bit of the dynamics that will occur and I'm sort of just trying to piece out how they will apply within this other community. Yeah, how do you think artistry is going to evolve? It's interesting just because like the similarities at least between them are enormous. Like downhill skating has a lot of flack by a lot of skaters actually. Much like I would argue cardistry has a lot of flack from a lot of magicians. There's no denying it. There's what is what it is. <clears throat> But it's, and yet what they're upset at is the dynamics are identical. They're upset that either A, like, so for example, uh, some purists in skateboarding get upset because we're using, you know, special trucks or things that would clearly better suit what we're using said base tool to use. I mean, we're using a skateboard, like I said, it's a, it is a little bit longer. It's not one of those like crazy flexible. In fact, it's. <clears throat> incredibly rigid not like this this is like really flexible but the one that you would use down a hill is really rigid because you don't want to get all those vibrations you'd yeah, rather you the wobble. Yeah, well that's that the wall that's part of the wobble and additionally the trucks prevent that because the, the hardware for it they're reverse kingpin meaning that like the thing that you tighten is actually on the outside and it's made so that the geometry of the truck is more stable and it turns more fluidly um, and that aids for like good carving and being able to slide well Instability, so they don't exactly. So ultimately speaking, we have specific tools that suit what we're using. Yeah, it's slightly different than cardistry in that you're pretty much using the exact tool, but not really in that there's cardistry decks nowadays that just look bad. Like I wouldn't want to do a lot of magic tricks with decks designed for cardistry. Yeah. wouldn't you agree? Like uh, with, absolutely. And there's also trainers now. In exactly. Every material. Bingo. You can imagine. So, but having said that, same stuff. Yeah. Same stuff. Like exact same idea so and then having said that there are exceptions that disprove all issues meaning like I know people that skate legitimately a double kick popsicle board which again is not suited for downhill it's suited for going to a skate park and doing street tricks like flip tricks and stuff because it's such a lightweight board and you can flip it around some people are crazy and keep normal old school trucks and just put soft wheels on it so that they can roll over stuff that's not going to kill them yeah 
and yet they still go down the hill and people would still hate on that though is what I'm and they do yeah so what I'm getting at though is it's not like the actual things that they there's something there's some weird you can't please unex- everybody all exactly the time. Yeah. But, and all I'm getting at is if you boil it down it's just like this it, it's just a time thing where there's some guttural response and it's not logical so you can't don't try and approach it from a a sense of logic because like I said if you if I went to the length of explaining people <clears throat> how what downhill skating is is the same as normal skating and I mean it really is like when we're not skating down the hill we'll stop and buddy will bust a tray flip which is a completely difficult street trick or we'll do stupid little very like yeah we're skateboarding yeah that's at the end of the day skateboarding is screwing around with your friends and having fun yeah at the end of the day magic is giving people some sense of wonder or disbelief in their mundane lives <laughs> it's a little dark but but same thing cardistry giving them a sense of wonder through a visual experience or some emotional feeling that seeing that visual gives yeah. I don't know if that I mean it's the same thing as when you watch a really top notch juggler who's done an incredible act they can completely reel you in yeah but yeah it's 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 interesting just so with cardistry and skateboarding kind of to see where it's it's gone if it the the one difference being is that I don't know if cardistry will break mainstream as heavy as something like downhill skateboarding because of the fact that there's this one thing so with downhill skateboarding or just longboarding in general there's these dynamics such as what I wrote in on which is an electric skateboard which serves a really functional purpose which is creating this enormous new audience for something that they otherwise would never have touched there's yeah. businessmen that take their suits on a boosted board through the city yeah because it makes sense yeah and it's functional and it's, it's more portable than a bike exactly it's, and yeah. they're not they're, they're not and they, they aren't skaters and they aren't skaters but now they technically are yeah and and it might introduce them into skating it certainly will i mean you get used to going 25 miles an hour on that and that i can tell you just i i can say this from someone who goes over 50 miles an hour downhill on a skateboard it's scary as hell on that thing it is so scary going even 25 when you have a motor it is scarier way scarier the difference is like i'm conditioned to when i go that fast free fall i know how to slow down using my own means Mm -hmm. so i know my weight where it needs to be when you slow down on that at any speed it's this interesting weight pickup where you have to be really careful and anyone who's ridden one knows what i'm talking about it is you need to be careful. <laughs> I, I encourage everyone to try it safely on a, like the, there's a beginner mode or even like turtle mode where it like goes such slow acceleration and it caps at like 10 miles an hour. That's the one they'll try it on. Can we do it? Yeah. If you want to try that. Yeah. Let's definitely try it after. Okay. And I won't even have you ex- do the throttle. You'll just stand on it and I'll, I'll tell you like, Hey, we're going to go super slow. Down. So that way you don't have to worry about like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Can you stand on a skateboard? Yeah. That's all you need to do. That's cool. cool. And yes, we'll try it. Yes. Um, definitely. So, um, were we saying we were saying just kind of the the similarities so yeah the the thing about skateboarding is that it's actually such a relevant mode of transportation nowadays that it got picked up in this really widespread manner you can look at google trends and just see like longboarding that's by the way that's how michael that's how i look at things in culture in the world in regards to relevant i think a lot of people do just Google look trends, at, yeah. yeah, just look at how often people are searching at it. Like, 
that's a good litmus test of seeing how often people are. I mean, there's better market. Like, to, if you go to specific things, there's better market like studies that use actual surveys or things like that. But Google Trends is a perfect just looking at it. And yeah, longboarding went off the charts because of the fact that I think people were figuring out that yeah, you can be on like a college campus and where did use that sort one. of where did that upward trend start to happen? Because I I feel like I don't know where I got this information, but I feel like it was like I think it was in the students at Berkeley. It was like in the early two thousands, I think. It was like students at Berkeley using it to get around the hills up there, and it like kind of bled out after so, people graduated and went on to do it. I stuff. could definitely see that happening. All I know is that the actual so there's a gentleman named Cliff Coleman. Who's about? I don't. I don't want to. He's he's an older gentleman. He's he's an OG of downhill skateboarding, and he invented what's called the Coleman slide, and that is for all intensive purposes, everyone's for all what for all intense in oh intense and purposes is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Excuse me. Intensive. I said the first time. Yeah. Pardon. I say it too. That's why. No, that's, no, that's, no. What the, that's literally but the, fact the only that I, reason. A little credit for knowing it immediately, knowing that that was what I did and that I knew the correct one. Yeah. My bad. No, that's. that's um, yeah, so essentially, he created what all modern skateboarders have in their back pocket, which is their emergency brake. And I don't mean that literally, I mean he created the technique that allows. A skateboarder to go literally from 55 60 miles an hour to a stop yeah in a slower distance than a bike bicycle could break hundred mm-hmm. percent no chance and it's efficient and it's reliable and it's repeatable um, and it's controllable very control like you're not all over the road you can be in a straight line you if you want it to kind of you can you can decide how you want it yeah and it uses putting your hand down on the road with what are slide gloves. And if you go back to one of the first Pal Peralta videos, they actually have a video of these guys going down a hill and they have what are like plates almost on their hand. And they're doing these huge, and if you look at that video and what we're doing today, identical. It's amazing and it's great to watch. But um, he, he's, he developed that at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. He lives in Berkeley, still does. And if I'm not mistaken, the lore or legend is that he, he he did create that on this one hill on campus that that everyone skates. So it was great to to learn. I since I went to school at UC Berkeley, I got to learn that, and I I realized like you have to take advantage of the surroundings. This place has the most absurd hills in the world. I need to learn to ride them. Yeah. So I did, and it's so fulfilling. I can say that enormously fulfilling. So relaxing. It, gets you into like this flow state of mind immediately because if you don't you fall like if i'm thinking about anything other than nothing kind of yeah it's gonna screw up that's i i get what you're saying i uh i haven't played tennis and it's exactly this i used to know it's exactly the same i used to play tennis actually for quite a bit i don't know if you know that yeah I I, again another thing i my parents wasted so much time in private (laughs) lessons for tennis what did they think i was gonna get in i think they were like probing for like what is he going to use on his college resume like is it going to be t- <laughs> I don't know uh, but I just I just recently played again for the first time like seriously played it's for the all first mental. time in like seven years and it's amazing like I had forgotten the feeling of the flow that you're talking about because it's a very specific thing well, but it's like uh, yeah. I you know I had I still had the blisters on my ankles from the tennis shoes I was wearing, uh, but like, and it was fucking hurting walking around the court. But as soon as my friend Byron, as soon as his racket made contact with the ball and his serve, everything shut off, and I was on that ball. Awesome. And 
as soon as the point was over, it all kind of rushed back, and I was like, oh, God, my ankles hurt. But it's like that immediate, intense focus. I've forgotten I was able to do that. It's amazing. No, it's one of those things that I, I mean, I think it's, I don't know if it's, I mean, I'm sure there's a doctor that would say, like, that is adrenaline, or that is, like, some, I mean, it has to be some sort of chemical response, I would imagine. I mean, it has to. I'm not saying, like, I'm saying, like, that's a naturally human-produced whether it's like endorphins or yeah, I mean, it has to be because going through sports and it would be an electrical response. I don't know that it has to be chemical. Just because, is it living chemical I, responses? When, I don't know. Well, I'm not. I mean, there's. I, I studied economics, you guys. There's I'm, all kinds <laughs> of chemical responses happening in our bodies. I don't know that that specifically, and we it may not be the same. I've never done a lot of boarding. I know down. I know I'm feeling adrenaline on down on skateboard because oh, it's fight or flight. Like, guarantee. All I know is I had to train my body to not have the. Hey, jump off the board. You're going 30 miles an hour. Why? Like, yeah. It, you have to train not to tr- freak out. You condition, exactly. You just condition yourself to, to get into that flow state of mind. And it's great. I love it because it teaches it for other things. For yeah. me, at least, learning how to do that is so therapeutic yeah. because I do it after a day of work and everything goes away. Yeah. It's so freeing. It's amazing. And sure, that might be because it's like, someone be like, yeah, you idiot, because you're risking your whole life or something. It's not. If you watched me do it, like, I, I take a lot it's like it's not as much safety preparation as like something like our friend Doug McKenzie no I was gonna say <laughs> Doug McKenzie with uh, skydiving. skydiving but it's to the same extent in that people judge skydiving oh that's frightening or scared like base jumping or something yeah. those people spend hours surveying mountains or like making sure or at least I hope they do I know at least speaking to Doug the yeah. best obviously do I mean because they're still yeah. around yeah and that's the same thing. It's a, it, the sport is more a function of your ability to prepare for those things, and whether the difference being that in my sport you actually do fall quite often, mm-hmm. and that's some pretty gnarly. Scars, you've noticed, noticed yeah. yeah. I just, I'm just healing up actually right for the cons. Great, um, but um, I always have something. Yeah. But it's no, it's it's literally it's a great metaphor for life, but it and it's corny, but it's real. Skateboarding, much like life, is not about how well you do the skateboarding or do the, the life, it's how well you, f- you can f- fail, like get back from failure. And I know everyone obviously knows that and says that and repeats things like that or has heard people say things like that, but it really is a beautiful sport that demonstrates it because the people who can't deal with the failure of it aren't skating. Yeah. Like you fall once and you're done. It's simple. No, it's this, really, I mean, it's they, super, I was that kid plenty of times, but I also was, the, I'm also the type of person who likes putting themselves outside their comfort it's zone. It's the exact same thing for comedy and magic and any kind of performance. Exactly. And that's what skateboarding is, just as life is a performance. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It might not be that I'm performing for anyone else other than myself at some points, but people do watch. Yeah. But when, but I, 100%, no, I'm going through an act. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. There are points and runs where I do this little dance or like, like it's, yeah, yeah, it's identical. It's a, we have a line, like, a literal line yeah which is again just as much of a structure as an act would be or something like that and we can go off of that and flow and do but it is pretty much the same yeah, yeah. and failing that's the key though like is yeah. when you see someone skateboard 50 miles an hour it doesn't mean they can skate at 50 miles an hour it means they have they know how to deal with the issues that could be presented if you see them just going you're like he's a nut. What if a car? Ki-? It's like no. The only reason he, he wouldn't did do it that, if he didn't know how to deal with a car. With the exception of like a few points and runs where it's like you go crazy for a second and 
Yes, though. You need to condition yourself up to those. And then you yeah. just see the byproduct of a perfect run at a point where he didn't have to slow down or something. Exactly, yeah. It's like I can also show you hundreds of videos of points where they do have to slow down. And they do. And they all that skill comes into effect. Or if they don't, and they even get thrown off the board or something, you still – I can show you someone after this. I'll show you a video where it's literally the most impressive failures ever over he just falls and gets thrown off the, the the road like 20 feet gets right up gets on the like you can tell this guy knows how to fall yeah that's the sport it's mm -hmm. not this the skating is a byproduct of his ability to fall yeah but if he couldn't do even that once he would never be able to skate and that's yeah, what yeah. i'm getting at you yeah. have to know how to do that yeah. so it's a great thing to learn how to just how to fall how to fail and it actually is a good thing. I'm sure when I get older, learning how to fall will actually be a really, <laughs> just like, that is a, uh, no, that's a really real thing. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's freaky. Yeah. But yeah. But, no. but learning to bomb, learning to fail, learning to crash is, is, is a good metaphor and just a good thing to know. Yeah. Like it, I, it, taking chances in that regard, but also taking calculated chances where you need to understand that if you are going to fail, then fine, but go through it and learn from it. Cause Everyone knows when you f when you screwed up, that's the times you learn the most. So that's fine. Like if something's gonna happen, let it happen. Yeah, that's all I'd say. Yeah. And the worst thing that could happen to you, I mean, in skateboarding, the worst thing is that you die. But like, <laughs> generally, the worst thing that can happen to you when you fail, if you're not doing a dangerous sport, when you fail, is that. Well, that's again sort of now bringing back to Carter Stream. I think. Sorry. Go ahead. About, no. This is what you're getting at. Is well, I've, I've always looked at cardistry and magic and like the, the risk reward, like the failure aspect is so manageable. Mm -hmm. It's people's opinion of you. Yeah. It's, it's them not liking a visual. It's them like judging you less as a person. God forbid. That's the, mo that's the, that's the most I would say. Wouldn't you yeah. like, they judge you as a person now because of that think, content yeah. or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Whether that be a video, whether that be an act, whether yeah. it be... And sure, with the exception of like theft, you know what I'm getting at. Like, mm -hmm. and I'm not discussing that. Sure. That's, that's yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, your risk reward is real, relatively uh, manageable, and yeah, you can manage that easily. Versus in skateboarding, it is dangerous, genuinely. So you try really hard to <laughs> not to die. Yes, exactly. But I also think, for some reason, it also lends itself to the what people try more and that's the part I don't actually understand I would think for like magic or cardistry or things like that where you don't have the failure being as enormous people would try everything but some for some reason I actually don't <laughs> think that's the case like if you watch a skateboard like I'll show you videos of watching Scott well, yeah, you're going I think it's the adrenaline I, I, it might just be it, yeah I think it's uh, well yeah but also like because you can get that adrenaline from trying something 100% on stage that's happened I think no, it is no doubt. I think it is a difference between like uh, you know if you're doing a physical thing that has a uh, possibility for in ending up badly like you aren't necessarily putting your 
opinion and your thoughts and expressions out there. It's just your style. It's just your body style. I see what you're saying. No, I get yeah. what you're saying. Versus, it's, it's a physical. Pain. It's so it's much a, more personal. No, exactly. you're putting it's yourself a, there. Yes. Versus, you're physically putting yourself. Yeah, there. it's a I get physical danger rather than a, an emotional danger. So, like I said, that's people getting emotionally distraught over their personal character or opinions thereof yeah. being crushed versus their bones. Yeah. How, Which, have you, <laughs> how have you overcome uh, being worried about emotional pain? Or, or um, castle help. Well, yeah. Castle help. Yeah. Castle help. Just being in front of people so young and conditioning that definitely mm-hmm. helped. Like going, just going but through. You've the pro- also matured in the last. I mean, since I've known you. <laughs> you know? I think going through, yeah, just failing. That's the biggest thing. I mean, without going into too much detail, I've gotten in trouble. As a kid, like I said, with school, with the playing cards and getting that taken away, and I've continued to fail, to say the least, mm-hmm. in ways that have taught me valuable, valuable lessons. So the one thing I can say is that when things go bad, doesn't mean you should embrace them. I'm not saying that. Definitely acknowledge that you've either A, done something bad, or you know, if the system's bad, or whatever, it, you know. Yeah. But you need to let it happen. You need to acknowledge that. Own it. You have to own things it. Things have to happen sometimes for, they, they, they all happen for a reason. That's the biggest thing I know. They all happen for a reason. But, and, but you need to just, yeah, go through it. But you can always bounce back. Oh, you can always bounce back. Because, I mean, you, you've done some bouncing back. You don't have to talk about. Yeah, I always, but... yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's, exactly. Yeah, I just, it's always the type of thing where, as bad as anything will seem, it's the type of thing where just give it enough time and perseverance and just keep doing good work every day. And it's going to sound, you know, annoying to say, you know, in two to five years, because that's a lot, that's a, a large period of time in someone's life. Yeah. But just do the work. And yes, you will be able to reflect and say that you did do something. Yeah. I'm genuinely, I, that's the big, there's no for. I, I sound so cliche even thinking about what I'm saying, but it's true. Like, there's no formula. What do you, look, what do you think podcasts are? <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. Regurgitating yeah. cliche information. No, but like, yeah, there's... Yeah, fair. No, but uh, yeah, just keep doing it and you'll, you'll, you'll feel good doing it. Yeah. It's good to do good things, I think. But yeah, I think that, and especially the performing, like, going through you need to go through like the more i listen to actually podcasts like it is true even with magic like you need to go through the shitty phase yeah meaning like if you if you actually want to be a performer if you otherwise if you want to just be like a fan of magic there's nothing wrong with that too i have so many friends that are fans of magic that don't perform that that's fine that's what but if you want to actually like get good in front of people and perform with people and engage with them and know the cues or the subtleties you want to get their misdirection or yeah anything you need to just practice it and go through those terrible phases. Like, I can't tell you how many gigs that were, like, terrible. Yeah. Terrible magic. <laughs> and, like, this young 14, 15-year-old Michael coming with, like, this real... It was, the, it was a toolbox from Home Depot, but I retrofitted it into, a, um, a, like, a cool magic tackle box <laughs> that was what it was it was a yeah. tackle yeah, there's dividers everyone who, anyone I know you probably have viewers who are like you're talking about my case right now why are you dissing my case <laughs> I still have mine so don't, I'm not dissing it um, but yeah I <laughs> also it's okay to have your dad's old briefcase it's not okay to have your dad's old suit <laughs> <laughs> well that's a different 
That's the haberdashery part of the <laughs> the podcast. That's your favorite. That's right. Yeah. It is my favorite. How's that going? The fashion? No? You don't want to talk about that? What do you mean? You're saying you're, you're a fashion man, aren't you? You're, yeah. You're, what do you mean, how's it going? How's it going? What's new in the fashion world? I can tell you about Yeezys and Fear of God oh, hoodies. Yeezys. I want... Oh, shit. They already came out, didn't they? They came out like a week ago. What, you know about Fear of God? No, I'm talking about the, the, the Yeezys? Yeezys. Yeah. Yes, the, the new Zebra. release yeah. came out. Why, you Fuck. want them? Yeah, you I want, want them? them. Yeah. You should... T- okay, I'll get you one if you want... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Real I, ones. I, I want real no, ones. No, I know. Real, what do you think? I'm fakes? I got fakes? I mean... Yeah, I, you know, am I the guy who's like, yeah, hey, I got you a deal? <laughs> no. Yeah. no well, I, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't want you to think I wouldn't know because I would know. Uh... You think I don't know that there are the equivalent of Yeezy Bust? I mean, Watchbusters on Instagram, and that everything is that's like the most well documented. That's like the WordPress. Uh, well, look, that's I'm the just, open source look, shoe, baby. I, look, I'm just saying. Like I'm, everyone knows. Although saying. I will say, if you if you've actually been following the the replica mm-hmm. news, for those that don't know, uh, a Kanye West I made a shoe that everyone went a poo poo over. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, and they went very crazy over it, and yeah. to the point where the replicating. In, I don't know if you know this, the replica industry rebranded itself for the shoe in a way that other places haven't. They're getting $150 for a replica. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an, amazing. It's it an, really is amazing. But you, I'm saying the replica can even be bad, and they're still getting it for it. And is, my point is they've now made different tiers of fakes, meaning like you can buy, they've branded the good ones, they're called God version or UA is like another term for like unauthorized exactly. reproduction yeah so you'll see like this branding to the fakes even that was unpaired you've never seen that like otherwise bootlegs a bootleg is a fake is a fake yeah not now not anymore nope exactly yeah. and that's the the big distinction with this product i've never seen is that they've managed to make another market just out of the replicas yeah more so than just selling replicas but anyway um, and it, it's interesting that it came from a shoe because I mean replica handbags and watches have been around for eons and I'm in forgive me if I'm wrong but I don't believe I've ever seen that for other products there might be there may have been in the past like with like specific Air Jordans or like releases like that like I know they've done that where it's like original materials or something where they branded mm-hmm. that but like otherwise I've never seen people give names yeah. to like replicas and people know there's an like, honor there's in like the PK version now. and people know like oh that that's that like I can't understand that but yeah uh, what I was getting at though is if you actually have been following that it's getting like oh, so hard to spot the fakes to the point where there's numerous fakes that are better better in certain aspects quality wise and that's how you can tell they're fake I'm not kidding you like in regards to like things yeah, yeah. lining up or like the quality just looking yeah. like the one that you think like no that's the higher quality of the two like it's crazy yeah which is just interesting which does i mean well, it makes sense if you're gonna make a fake it's gonna be a smaller batch than what adidas is gonna make so it might actually be higher quality exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. it's quite interesting so yeah no it's 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 i'm actually wearing a pair of Yeezys at the con oh um, i thought you were saying right now no like, not now sandals. no at the con yeah. i for one of my outfits i have a bunch of i have what size are you 11 Fuck. <laughs> what size are you? Uh, nine. Yeah, nine. Okay. Um, ooh, I should. I can get you a pair for the con, not like to keep, but to wear that are real for sure. Yeah. Um, CJ will bring it. Wait, hold on. Let's see. This. Let's see this. Actually, no, I'm not gonna do this. I'm like, I'm like, you don't edit this. <laughs> Sorry, people. But yeah, no, I got it for this outfit. I got this. If you know what this hoodie is. Oh yeah, that's awesome. 
I got that and I'm gonna wear black and white. Not zebras, but the black with the white stripe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it, the new zebras. I think they're Oh, uh, so I think sexy. they look great. But uh, they, they've been reusing that pattern in multiple other shoes, if you like yeah. that. But anyway, everyone's like, stop talking about shoes. <laughs> Man, this, yeah, we're talking about whatever we want. That's fair. We're talking about skateboarding. We may as well talk about streetwear, right? That's true. Hey, everyone's gonna be like, thank you for the millennial information podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we, taught exactly. every, we taught everyone we're, about- We're branding it. We're yeah, branding we'll talk about blue bottle coffee after this, and then we'll <laughs> talk about Equinox, you know? We'll I have blue bottle, that's what I made. Really? What did I say? I know my stuff. I have decaf blue bottle over there too. Really? I that I might take. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, what, uh, let's see what else. Otherwise, yeah, cons this weekend. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Downtown LA. It's going to be lit. It's going to be so lit. It's going to be on fleek. (laughs) Lit. It's going to be lit af. It's going to be on fleek. It's going to be all that jazz. They don't say that anymore, though. Who gave you that? Did you get that out of the robber pool box? I did. So who sent me that? That's the one thing I wanted to get to the bottom to. Okay, who so... Who is the one who officially, like, put... Said, hey, Michael name. Stern's getting this dope bot, which, thank you very much. I want to say, whoever... The whiskey is. is surprisingly good. It was not bad, yeah. and I enjoyed it for a good amount of time, and I drank it as I should, right? With a little bit of water. Yeah. That, like, yeah. Right? You put, like, yeah, a little bit? a little bit. It, that, the Drake's whiskey, Virginia Black, is surprisingly drinkable, even though nothing about it is Virginia. It, well, I was just about to say, yeah. if you didn't, which, good thing you did, I love the bold lettering on the back. Not not made in Virginia. Not they made have in to, Virginia. They have to clarify that because you know someone's going to be like, it's not made in Virginia. It's a bourbon, which is a Kentucky thing. Uh, and he's from Canada. <laughs> so, like, this is the this whole is America, thing is baby. So fucking ridiculous. It, it, is the mo- it is American in that regard. But I wondered if you got that out of the Rappaport box. I did. Uh, and I the it. answer to your question is I don't know. But you Who got one. Options? Rahul got one. Theron got one. Uh, that's Dan or Dave. That's yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Sounds Ricky like, got one. Sounds sounds like Dave. Sounds like Dave. Maybe Dave. Yeah, I think maybe Dave. Huh. But I'm gonna thank him for. I mean, I did. I think I did. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but um, yeah. Love that thing. What else? Yeah, Cardiacon. Everyone's coming in. I had a little barbecue last night. I learned I don't like hosting people. I mean, I love hosting people. Sure. It's, it's the Jewish mother in me. Mm-hmm. But it's also a lot of work. That's what I. Refl- that's when I say I don't like hosting people. Yeah, I love hosting people. I just like also enjoying myself. <laughs> you love hosting people when it's not your space. <laughs> I would love to be like that eccentric millionaire who can just like, not give a crap about his house. Yeah, which I can't ever fathom, even with millions of dollars. Like the idea that it's mine it yeah. still trumps that. I don't care. Yeah, like. No, like I don't care if I could replace everything. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not even a, it's not a money thing. It's I don't want to deal with. Uh, yeah, I don't want to deal with that. But it was it was fun. Yeah, it was good. I, my mother weighed my mother weighed my mother made excuse me. Far too much food. Wood. 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 <laughs> wood. <laughs> Far too much wood. Far too much wood. Uh, yeah, far too much food, and then she, they were out for the evening, so I just had everyone over. Um, I don't live in Los Angeles currently, so if everyone's like, why is this <laughs> Why is this man having a party in his parents' house? Yeah, parents, is he living in the basement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I live in Berkeley, California, <laughs> yeah. and I am down here 
for my parents. Yes, for the con. My parents live here, and they were gracious enough to let me make up for the fact that I was a lame high schooler who never threw parties, and I'm actually thankful for that. Now that I saw, <laughs> yeah, you got into enough trouble in high school anyway. Seriously, I'm glad. Yeah, I, I turned out okay. It yeah, worked out. Uh, well, I feel pretty good. How do you feel? Great. Feel good. Yeah. All right, let's do a couple final questions. What's your favorite non-magic book? Here's looking at Euclid. It's a book by Alex Bellos, or I think it's Bait. I don't know if it's Bellos or Bayos. If it's, two, I don't know if it's two L's either. But um, it's called Here's Looking at Euclid. And it's a book on numbers, and I really mean that holistically. And it's one of those, and it's, it's specifically made for for people that may not even like numbers. It doesn't mean that you don't have to not like numbers. You can love numbers. In fact, you would absolutely love the book. And the book is a um, what is it called? Uh, it's like a a buffet of topics in maths and. It covers everything from, you know, the a human's ability to approximate large numbers and at what point that sort of fails us in discrete, like physical objects. I forget if somewhere, I'm, I think in the thousands or something like that. And then they go through cool histories of number systems or like cultures that only had like numbers for one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. I forget, I think it was like a tribe somewhere. So I should reread the book. But it's, it's it's nonetheless a really interesting book. Like uh, base goes over base systems. You know, there's people that are encouraging a base twelve system. And they still are today because of its divisibility. Mm-hmm. Because five is only divisible by one, two, and five versus twelve is divisible by one, two, three, four, six. Quite a lot of numbers, mm-hmm. and it helps for dividing and packaging. It's mainly for discrete uses. But and then it also goes through. That's why we have the inch system. Is it? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's 12 why inches and a foot. And that's the reason why we're so stubborn. We're the only ones on the... I think we're one of two. Didn't uh, Yugoslavia get out? Oh, I don't know, maybe. But wasn't Yugoslavia the only other one? I don't know. I honestly... No, I'm I out of my doubt. I, no, I, I thought it was... No, I, I, I believe you, you're... You might be right. It was two at one point. I thought it got changed to one. But if we're with two, I know we're the stubborn ones. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so it goes through a bunch of interesting topics. One really funny one was like a base system where a king imposed, I think it was like a 40-something plus base system, which means for those numbers, you, for, for the first 40 digits, so to speak, you have to know a different number, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right, so rather than being able to say 9, 10, you have to go 9, sh- sh- blah. Cliff, cliff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine, exactly, to 40. Glom, that, yeah. So what do you think happened? His entire economy crumbled yeah, because they couldn't course. actually do financial transactions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like interesting topics like that, and then they go through like a chapter on the search for pi. They trace it historically from like when it was a physical thing, when they approximated it like physically, mm-hmm. and how they did that, to how they did it, you know, after that numerically with interesting formulas that got closer to it. And then once computers came around, it was like not who had the better formula, but who had like the computing power paired with the most efficient formula that finds the most quickest digits and just cool topics like that. Ultimately, give you a full run. (laughs) It's a really interesting book. I I highly, highly recommend it. Here's looking at Euclid. It's a, I learned about it from Numberphile, if you've ever seen Mm -hmm. it. It's a beautiful channel that I just watched last night to get refreshed on uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain which is a, another great thing you guys everyone Are you getting should, into cryptocurrencies like uh, Dave no see so they're they're lame because they're trying to get into it because it's super hyped right now 
and it's all way too hyped. But it is a it is a long term thing that will be around. Like it is. It really is. It's you no. Know, well, is. I'm not going to disagree with you. I was just going to move on. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was a high five. I I like it. No good. No input. That's good. I I respect that. Hundred percent. Um. Favorite magic book. Favorite magic book. Um. Either. Um, is it out of control? Totally out of control? Either totally out of control by Chris Kenner and Home is it Homer Lee Wick as yep. well or did yep. is it just Kenner? Kenner Lee went. They wrote okay. it together and both of them did illustrations. Crazy book. Yep. Um so it's either that or uh, as I said earlier, I, I didn't say it was my favorite, but um Williamson's Wonders for sure. Like Amazing. Yeah. Just in regards to like books you're gonna actually get something out of. Like I have a shit ton of books that I love and I learned from the books like you can have a lot of books but you gotta have like the right yeah, books yeah yeah uh, favorite cardistry video <sighs> mine nah <laughs> nah um oh man there's so many good ones I don't even wanna say one cause they're all like my buddies and I'd be rude to them but I think having said that any of like Tobias or Oliver, Tobias Levin and Oliver Sogod um, have some incredible videos. And then Zach Mueller, if you guys don't know of him, or Zach Monkey on YouTube, he, Fontaine Cards, he has some, there's some crazy ones. All the ISO stuff, just, I show that to people all the time because it's so digestible in regards to like this. That was what I was getting at. It gives you that feeling of wonder without the you can't believe it you just can't believe that it's actually happening like, yeah. you're like he's holding it but how are they float like how does it look like that mm-hmm. that's impressive that's that's the key of like what i could kind of digest and now down what i learned from like accepting cardistry and seeing it for what it is it's like you can give people feelings they didn't know they could yeah feel from not something that's fooling them it doesn't have to fool them well i mean it's like what blaine's doing that's a beautiful point. I think the majority of the act is like a, it's like a vaudeville, uh, what's it called? Like a sideshow more than it is a magic show. And I don't mean that to say anything rudely. I mean it like he's yeah. doing he's doing. Re- here's here's the difference, right? Magic, you're doing something impossible. Stuff like cardistry or really hardcore stunts, you're doing things that people thought were impossible. Right, because even people, though they're seeing it, they still can't rationalize it or put it in a box where they accept it, which gives you that same sort of feeling where you're like, stuck yeah, in limbo. You you're like, get you're the not, feeling of wonder. I don't know. It's because you can't rationalize or accept it. I think it's, sure. That there's there's fairly there's definitely a debate there. Yeah. I would argue, but yeah, but yeah. So um, yeah, okay. And then a uh, favorite skate video. Ooh, favorite skate video. So I'll give you guys three. Sorry. Cool. I'm not good at no, get, go taking ahead. answers. Sure. So three. Uh, if you guys want to be super inspired and just like creatively zoinked, if that's a word. Like that's like a okay. zoink. Zoink. Um, you can watch. Swing. Swinged. <laughs> um, my wife. <laughs> my wife. That's a verb. Um, yeah. yeah um, go watch. It's uh, by Fancy Lad. The name uh, Fancy Lad Skateboards uh, Presents, I think it's called, for Adult Swim. Adult Swim paid the skate company who makes like an hour and a half long videos like this for an eight minute video, mm-hmm. which I, I'll warn you, it is very weird. The video is very weird. Adult Swim has some of the coolest, weirdest Exactly. Content. So if you understand that sort of style of content, go ahead and 
go straight into it. But it is really weird. There's some just weird, stupid humor, but they are so creatively smart. So that's a great one. That's not downhill skating. That's just street skating. That's great. But if you're going to watch any downhill skate video, watch a video, anything by Prism Skate Co. Skate Company. They are an up-and-coming uh, deck company, meaning like they make the actual deck of the board. And that's by Liam Morgan and the guys over at Caliber Trucks and Blood Orange. Those are the people that make the wheels that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. And they make these decks now. And the media they're producing is so high quality. It It's beautiful. It's the type of stuff I would love to see translated. It's just so beautiful the vibe that they give off is that's the key it's so well shot and the vibe is so clear yeah versus it just being a video of like four people in the community it's something that you can just give to anyone and they'll be like this is a beautiful video and want to watch it so yeah cool uh i had another thing oh favorite sneakers (laughs) favorite sneakers yeah so as much as i know about shoes and stuff like that i'm honestly not like a big sneaker head yeah because of the skating yeah I literally go through shoes almost every three weeks. Yeah. Like the sole, and I yeah. end up either re-soling it. You can buy like made for skateboarding, like thick soles that you re-glue down. Yeah. yeah. You don't actually do it when it, there's the hole. You do it before, so that uh-huh. way it doesn't lose the actual structural integrity. Yeah. But then you just wear the that. Yeah. So, favorite shoes. Oh, man. I actually, you know what? I'm going to get a pair. They're, they're, I'm not, like, I don't have them currently. They're the Balenciaga runners, if you know what I'm talking yep. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really dig them for some reason. They are socks. Yeah, they're socks for sure. But they look... They look cool. They look cool. And from what Fendi I've been told... Fendi has a good pair too. Really? Yeah. From what I've been told, they're comfortable as hell too. So that's not... I mean, favorite... That's, in, yeah, whatever. I'm saying it so that I go... I have to... You have to go do it. I have it. to go you do have it. You to fulfill it. Yeah, that's how it normally works. That's and sort of... And then uh, what was the hardest time you were ever fooled? Like Ooh. the the, the you felt the biggest moment of astonishment. <sighs> Doesn't have to be a magic trick. I don't know what it is, but it would, it would probably have to be a movie. I, I like I, I I have a few examples, but truthfully speaking, I don't I don't really actually pinpoint the one. But there's definitely mm-hmm. been a few movie plots that have just like taken me for a turn. But having said that, I, I should probably just give an actual example in magic that did actually do that one time. Marie's lecturing. He did some stuff in his lecture that it wasn't even like a fool. It was like the, wow, this guy thought through the prep of how he's going to explain the trick and put a trick in the explanation or like prep stuff like that. Or yeah, Michael, ah, biggest fool, Michael Weber, probably Michael Weber. Yeah. Michael Weber live seeing Michael Weber live. Probably most fooling. Right on. Yeah. That or Derek. Go see Derek's show. Oh yeah. There's depth. There's at least. I was fooled at least twice, heavy, and that's. I'm not saying that's like even a co- like cocky thing because the whole thing was. There's, it was incredible. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. I'm the kind of person that always tries to like. I don't try to f- figure things out, but like yeah. everyone does it. Like once you know mm-hmm. things, but it was the type of show, and that's how I, that's the mark of any good show is once you find yourself really engaging, completely losing yourself, not giving a crap about how or what that's when you know it's good and that all those performers are have achieved it tenfold yeah yeah well cool man thanks thank you appreciate it we did it yes all right bye
thanks so much for listening to Magical Thinking. If you enjoyed the show, head over to patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash magicalthinking, and become a patron to support the show and get access to exclusive content. Feel free to interact with me on Patreon, through the Facebook group, which you can find by searching Magical Thinking, or by emailing podcast at artofmagic.com. Follow us on all the social media channels and tune in every Thursday for a new episode. I'll see you next Thursday. Cheers.